Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2023. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to our round five Teamless Tuesday podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, who almost said that it was week four, and so I had to re-record. And tonight, I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who is our expert physio and doing okay at fantasy. How are you going, Mitch? I'm good, mate. I'm doing better. That's what I would say. I don't say, wouldn't say I'm doing good, but I'm doing better. Excellent. And feeling better this week? Uh, yeah, a little... Well, certainly better than last week, but not quite there. Excellent. And we welcoming back Nick Lauder, Stats Guru and Fantasy Nugget. How are you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. Excellent. Uh, another good week for you as well. Yeah, I mean, there's been some huge scores, which, um, yeah, um, we could probably get into straight away, just just um, into our leagues, guys. Um, in my newbie mode, someone cracked out 1,031 in a newbie mode. I'm like, what? Um, to Mecca Eagles. Yeah, we're going to have to start watching these guys next year. We're going to have to start like pre-screening for a newbie mode, I think. Yeah, and the other one from my newbie league was Tukey's Angels with 991. I'm just like, these scores this week are just huge. That's enormous. Uh, some bigger ones, though, running around. Uh, Mitch, what was happening in your leagues? Uh, so we had Bryson's Henchman crack out 1,029 and Rocky Dog 88 in the other league, 1,027. So that's why I didn't move up as many ranks as I hoped because they knocked me over by about 100 points. Wow. And look, uh, in my one, we had an absolutely enormous Stu's Chaos head-to-head mode, threat level midnight NRL FL, 1,066. So there's just some absolutely filth running around in the Chaos mode, which is good. I like it. And the other thing, guys, Boom Bust overall, Green Schist Oligans, uh overall score of 3597 is 10th overall. So that's pretty good, right, guys? You. Well done, yeah, I'd mate. take that. That's it. Now, and you can kind of see these top guys pulling ahead like I'm already behind by like 150 points from the these leaders. So, yeah, it's going to get gross, fellas. But anyway, look, uh, let, let's talk about how we did this week. Mitch, how'd you go, man? Uh, look, as far as things I got wrong, I, I did pretty, oh, no, no, no. pretty how, well. How did you go? Uh, 9.37 this week, which crept me up the rankings a little bit more. So I'm nearing the top 10,000, which took me the better part of 20 rounds last year. So hopefully I can do it in a more timely fashion this year. Nice, mate. And, and you didn't get anything wrong this week? No, look, it's a clean sheet. I'm just still recovering from the idiocy of rounds one to three. Excellent. Nick, how about you, mate? How'd you go? Yeah, 989. And I didn't really get anything too wrong this week either. I mean, I was on the pod last week, so I couldn't get too much wrong, could I? Nah, that's true. And, mate, I got a couple of things wrong, like not Captain and Cleary, but I got lucky where Captain Payne Haas for a bit of safety. So I uh, got a 992 and went up a few ranks. But I managed to still leave 120 points in emergencies. Mitch has said that I'm not allowed to blame my bench for the rest of the year, but I tell you now. No, no, no that was me. That was me. You, this, oh. is, this is the last time, the last time oh. all season you're to come up with something else to get wrong each We're going to start mate, uh, you. The, like, here's $50, the thing is that you, $50 you come to up... a name charity for that. That's it. That's your last warning. $50 every time you blame it from now on. Well, mate, I, I would just like to say that when you when you got both Warbrick and Liera in emergencies, you've... I had, I had him in there. Then be the breaks, though, right? Like, you went through a process that you put 
other people there for a reason. It's like you can't risk Warbeak. I don't know if that's a mistake so much it is. That's just a bit of fantasy bad luck, right? That's true. Yeah, it's, it's like people have got Camperera again a 64 this week. He probably yeah. been doing last place in emergencies. Cracked out normal score, right? I look at that as like, well, it sucks he wasn't in my team, but at least he's making value, right? That's, that's what true. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, which is why it's a benching issue, but it's a value win. So you're right. I'm not yeah. too salty about it. But look, we guys, we can be salty about it a little bit. Is quite a few injured players this week, Mitch. So take us away. Mate, you know, I go through the whole day with uh, injuries and it's it's got a got a massive rap sheet here. So let's let's crack in. So we've got Talatau Cooler. He's out with what I would say is a grade two MCL. So we've been uh, advised that the time frame's four to six weeks. Not a great injury for a fast outside back. I'd expect a drop in both speed and more important uh some more importantly difficulty changing directions. Uh, he's got a uh, full tear, according to this. Uh, a full tear. Or, so, or, well, at least he's, go- he's going in for surgery. Whether it's a full tear or partial, he's going in for surgery on it. A, f- a surgery on his MCL? Yes. That's quite unusual. Um, I would wonder if there might be a meniscal component to that, to be honest, Stu, because generally speaking, as you would have seen with Brian Toto last year, he had a grade three, which is that level. So, I'm not sure why we were given that initial time frame of four to six weeks. It's rough. Um, it's it's it, it, i would i would say he i would find it very unlikely he'll be back anytime in the next three months and i'd be i'll be looking to see if there's something a little bit more to that because typically we let them heal by themselves so um we'll just watch that space uh tpj that's one you've put in Stu, and he's continuing to suffer from that calf injury so that's one of those ones i actually got wrong that i thought he'd be back by now and it seems like there's been a bit of a recurrent sort of theme with this injury for Tafita Pengai. So, from what we know, he's getting uh, consultation through outside rehab. So, it's basically really open-ended. And I, I can't give any indication as to when he'll come back, but my suspicion would be they will not bring him back until it's right. Uh, if you're going to go through that process, it's a bit like what we've seen with those American uh, visits with some of the other athletes. I would say that... You know, it could be a month, it could be six weeks, it could be two weeks. It's really hard to say. But at this stage, the dogs will be going without Tavita Pengo. Sean O'Sullivan. So, this one kind of hurt me, this injury. I didn't like seeing this because I've been enjoying the Dolphins' uh, early season performances. So, he's out with a torn pec, full tendon rupture. That'll be surgery. Minimum three to four months. We might not see him for the rest of the season. So, uh, if you're owners of Katoa, and heck, I might end up being right about Anthony Milford, although from <laughs> what I saw uh, on Friday, I don't think that'll be the case, but that certainly makes them relevant. Cody Nikarima, so category one HIA, he's down out for that 11-day stand down. Testing new. Now, I'm assuming, Stu, he is a grade two MCL. We've got no, no, no weird heads or no weird surgeries here. I'll tell you what, I'll be looking that up once I'm done with this. Um, so, he's out for four to six weeks and that brings in Edric Lee. Much like I was going to say with Kula, not a great injury for outside backs. It is going to affect his speed and change direction in that first month coming back. Same goes for Murray Tuolagi. Uh, Gemat Shabaski. So, grade one hamstring, they generally are three to four weeks. And as I always say with your hamstrings, give them a couple of weeks to get back online. James Tamo, so listed as a foot injury. And Stu, you were kind of saying it before, and I think you're getting the sense for the injuries that we see in the NRL. It's most likely a Liz Frank. Hopefully, it doesn't require surgery. If it does, a minimum four months. But let's watch this space and see what we're actually left with because it could be bone bruising. Kurt Mann, HIA, 11-day stand down. Farmer Brown, so... New Brown, when I saw him go down, my initial 
thoughts was he probably broken his arm, possibly like sort of like a transverse fracture of the radius, but it looks like he's dislocated his elbow. So we're thinking four to six weeks uh, with the assumption that there wasn't a, a broken arm with that. Uh, compared to a shoulder, it's got a much lower risk of recurrence. So I'd ex- be expecting after a couple of weeks back in uh, the NRL, he should be reasonably good to go as far as picking up for fantasy. Kieran Foran, calf injury. It's not great to see on Mr. Injury Prone, but we discussed him in the preseason. It was just a matter of time. AJ Brimson. Okay, this is one we talked about quite extensively in our preseason podcast, guys. High hamstring strain. So I actually feel that like this is related to his osteitis pubis injury, which I was sort of theorizing he had at the start of the season. I said it at the start. He's a stay away. It's no coincidence the hamstring, which attaches to that pelvic bone, has become an issue, and that's just, again, like we saw with the abdominal injuries and the groin injuries, it's a way of compensating. My suspicion of a bit of instability through that area just continues to increase, and I think you're probably going to see these injuries, uh, much like we have with Adam Elliott, continue until sort of he has further investigation. I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially needed surgery moving forward because that's been lingering for the better part of 12 months. Liam Martin, so this one's been drawing a bit of interest He's been out the last fortnight with uh, what has been described as a minor hamstring. Based on that, I would say that that probably is a grade one hamstring. Typical timeframes of recovery are three to four weeks. I would suggest based on how they make a lot of these decisions. Now, there are a lot of things at play and obviously the biggest one is how Liam recovers. But if he's sort of looking so-so and the Panthers are doing well, my suspicion is they'll give him the four weeks on that one. Sunny Luke, uh, category one HIA. And Kalen Ponga, he's the last one. We said at the start of the um, preseason that he was a stay away for HIA. He's been sent off to Canada and it looks like they're trying to assess whether they need to medically retire him. So we did actually predict that this would happen. It has happened a little bit earlier than we thought, but uh, it's a bit of a shame for Kalen and I wouldn't be surprised um, if it does end here. And if it doesn't, it's only a matter of time. Nice. Thanks, Mitch. I'm just, uh, you caught me off there for a second because I was uh, just in the middle of trying to trade Kalen Ponga out of my draft side. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I figured I could take a risk with him in draft if I had the cover. So, yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I think he's just, you know, he'll be back. But yeah, sorry, well, if he is back, he'll be, he'll be HI'd within a matter of weeks. It's, it's a really sad story, but they are finding with the HIs, there are some people with different things within the genetics that make them more likely to have it and my suspicion is that they're sort of assessing Kalen for that and that being the case he, he may wind up medically retired fair enough good to know thank you yeah I think I think I saw something about the genetics the other day Cody Nikorima came off with that cat one HIA he, he hit Tom Gilbert's forehead who didn't even look stunned right <laughs> Just yep very, very different type of person all right well look guys much shorter for me for the naughty corner but a little bit of interest this week Jack Whiten Couple of offences, grade two dangerous contact, grade one careless high tackle. Two weeks, uh, implications is ouch for Jackie, ouch for the Raiders. They got the Panthers this week. Probably not the week they wanted him to go AWOL. But Matt Frawley did look decent. So, but look, bad for the Raiders. Uh, bit of news on Jack Whiten, boys, as well. He's going to market uh, this year. So for the 2024 season as well. So big news there. A few clubs, I think, will be looking out for Jackie. Otherwise, we've got Jeremiah Nano. He got two weeks for a grade one dangerous throw. Helam Lukey has returned to the main squad, which will be of real interest, actually, looking forward. 
because I reckon after a little while we'll actually see him take up an edge full time and Cohen Hess will probably move back into that middle rotation. And Junior Paulo gets uh, two weeks for a grade two careless high tackle. And look, that adds a little bit of spice to everyone in this side. So a uh, little bit of Matto, a little bit of Dury. So we won't find out who the loser is from the roundabout that is the Parramatta Middles. And a whole bunch of people got fines. I think there are 11 fines for the week as well, which again just adds to that loading risk moving forward. Now guys, I'm not going to stress this one for too long, for but for the, everyone at home, we probably need to just start talking about the buy rounds coming up because as we start trading in and trading out players over the next few weeks, we really do have to think about weeks 13 and 14. And a quick, couple of quick things. Week 13, which is what we're calling the major buy round, so that is where you will only need 13 starting players, but you can only score with 13 starting players, which means that anyone who's on your bench doesn't count for scoring. So this matters for positions, right? If you've got three edge forwards, doesn't matter. Only two of them will score that week. The last score will be wasted. So when it comes to buying players coming into the buy, we need to be inspecting. So that round 13... And thinking about how many eligible players we have, what positions they play if they aren't playing Origin. Because that's the other thing about round 13, Origin 1 is that week. So Origin players will be out of the sides that week. Also to note, there is a minor buy round, round 14. So three sides will have the buy that week, uh, which is uh, Knights, Parramatta and Seagulls. And you do have to come up with 17 players. And the Origin players may not be back. So I guess, guys, just going forward for everyone at home, if you're wondering why we're talking about the buy rounds early, it's because we want our team composition. We don't want to have to suddenly be trading out our entire teams, round 12 and 13, just to make enough players to fill up a squad. Right, Nick? That's it, mate. Yeah, nothing worse than having to burn seven or eight trades just to keep a decent score for one week and then sell all your good guys. Well, with that, Nick... Let's talk as to a couple of teams, which you know, at least one of them will have some origin players. Roosters versus Eels, what's doing? Um, fresh off the bye, Roosters coach Trent Robinson is named a stronger 17 with Brandon Smith and Jared Rear Hargraves returning to the run-on side after starting off the bench in round uh, three. They will be, however, without star centre Joey Marner, who is suspended. Uh, Drew Hutchison is, is starting at centre with Corey Allen named to make his club debut off the bench. Would be surprised if they swap. And now, uh, now Fahu White is also a new face on the bench with Terrell May dropping out completely. Uh, for the Eels, star prop, Junior Powell, as mentioned, he's out for a couple of weeks uh, for the high tackle. We're Remu Gregg uh, replaces him in the starting pack with Jack Murch joining the bench. Last week's debutant, Brennan Hands, retains his spot in the 17. Excellent. Well, look, let's talk about. Uh, Brennan Hands because he rolled up a 42 and Hodgson rolled up a 12 in 50, in 50 minutes. Yeah, and Hodgson was trying to rush out of the line and knock balls out of players' hands. Like, it wasn't just terrible playing. He got eight missed tackles in there from trying to strip the ball. But Brennan Hands, guys, hooker, dual hooker half, he actually looked really good. I don't know how many of you guys caught that game. But I think he looked really good against the Panthers. What about you, Mitch? I think you saw that one. I did. I did see that game and I thought he looked fantastic. I actually thought the Eels' attack looked a lot better while he was on the field versus perhaps what Hodgson was doing. So 
I thought he certainly passed the eye test from my perspective. That's it. Look, well, I'm thinking he might get that Sonny Luke role. Of course, Hodgson was just struggling a little bit with the pace of the game and a bit of service issues later in the game. Yep. So, guys, I have hands as a low-key buy this week. Like, you know, if you've got a guy you can trade out, his break-even is something ridiculous. It's like minus 12 or something like that. So with that in mind, Nick, uh, would you have any interest in Brendan Hands if you need someone cheap this week? No, nah, not really. Based upon, you know, a 20 to 30-minute hooker, I'm not interested, to be honest. Fair enough. Even in that Sunny Luke sort of like high PPM type role? Not really, no, because uh, the job security isn't really there, you know. Um, yeah, you could probably make 100K, but he, he, I'm not sure it's worth the trade is my point, unless... Um, I think there are better. I think there are better cash cows out there, to be honest. Excellent. How about you, Mitch? Look, I have some interest. The only thing I would say is that forty-two points did have a try in there, which mm. I don't love. But the twenty-seven tackles and the thirty-five meters gains—that's thirty points in base stats. What I would say is, <clears throat> I think I'll wait one more date. I know the break-even is really good, but I just want to see if he starts to take a bit more of a role off Hodgson because. You know, and we said it the week before with Hodgson, I don't want to get into it too much, that he just looked off the pace and unable to play 80 minutes. But I do think the things that Hodgson used to be good at, so that ball service you were referring to, just has been off. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the Eels got their first win with hands playing. They looked mm. much better in their ability to, to strike up the middle. And as you said, it's that Sonny Luke role where he can sort of be that, that more mobile hooker. So if he sort of picks up, I think I was just having a look there. Um, at how many minutes he had, it was 34. So if he crept up more to the 45, 50-minute mark this week, I'll probably get on him. Excellent. Yeah, look, I, I reckon he will stay around that Sonny Luke mark, that 30 minutes, give Hodge the 50. But I, I still think that there's probably a bit of cash this week if you do need like a real cash-down version to make you maybe 100 grand over probably what, five weeks. Because, yeah, you're right. He, he won't get a... We're going to try every week. Just put, putting that through the calculator as we speak. So, you know, if he gets to 25 this week, we're really talking about him at being at 320. So, yeah, we're talking about like four or five weeks for him to get there. Uh, okay, next guy that we've got to talk about, uh, Nick Maddo. He looked very good on the weekend. What are we thinking? Um, he's pretty expensive. It's 775K and he cracked out of 68. The alert here comes from the potential DPP. So... Post round six is when the next updates are, and he should potentially still be starting on the edge um, when Sean Lane's due back, I think, that round two. And he also plays rounds 13, 16, and 19. So that just offers supreme flexibility. So if you've uh, Hopgood and Madison, you've got really good cover between your edges and your mids, which mm. could be really handy for you. Uh, I doubt Madison will actually play Origin 2 uh, based upon... Um, the strength of the rest of the side at the moment, I think. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but in terms of stat line, 58 tackles, which is insane, and two missed tackles and 146 running meters. That was his entire stat line. There was no offloads or any meat pies or anything like that. So he really does offer that 60-plus uh, points upside. Definitely want to consider, though, I will not be doing it this week personally. I, I have a little place in my heart for Maddo. He was my 2021 man, 2022. Uh, like, yeah, he's he's certainly one of those guys who can be, like, as an edge. And I think he's probably best as an edge, right, Mitch? Yeah, I, I do. I know that we were chatting about how Maddo might make that move to the mid, but I thought he looked good out there. Mm. That's it. So, look, guys, I would not mind if he got on Maddo this week because 
uh, playing outside Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses looked better. Well, we probably discussed Mitch Moses, Nick. What do we think of there? He cracked out a 70, kicked for a 1,000 metres, or just about 980-odd, uh, which is a NRL record. Well, it's one of those things, um, you know, he, he he got the field goal, the winning field goal, and um, he's definitely showing his speed, and he's just in really good form to start the year. So um, he's averaging 62.3 so far this year, which is just electric. I don't think any of us really saw him as a round one kind of guy. No. Um, and, and as you write, Stu, he's, um, oh, my God, actually, 1,000 metres. I thought that was hyperbole. No, Holy no, no. Molly. I look at that though and go that that's completely unsustainable though against Stormy Kick for seven ninety seven. So you know he's that's gone seven ninety seven four hundred two two fifty six one thousand and six. But like I do, guys, I you know I look at some of the stats that he has punched out. He's had two games in overtime against the Storm and the Panthers. One game against the Shark, which included two Sharks, which included two tries and a try save. Um, and then he's had this thousand meter kicking game. You look at those stats, the only one that isn't the outlier is the Manly game where he didn't have any of those um, big attacking stats and he had 47, which is more like what we would normally see. So, kicking meters were at 256, which is a little lower, but Mitch Moses is priced at about 50 to 55 points a game and the Manly game, to me, looks like the one that's not unusual. You know, he had the 84-minute game where he had 53, then he had the 80-minute game where he had 77 with two tries and a try save and then this 72-point game had... You know, a field goal, eighty-three minutes, and a thousand kick meters. Is he realistically doing that every week? I, I think well, we could, well, you could the, be chasing the dragon here, right? But, but, but uh, one thing we know about Mitch Moses is he's a flat track bully. The first four rounds have all been against good teams: mm. Storm, Sharks, Seagulls, and Panthers. So I think he bully. he really fair. can he really can turn it up when they start to see easier opponents, which are coming over the next few rounds. Um, after. Tigers um, next the, week, round six. Tigers, exactly. <laughs> Tig- Tigers, Canterbury, then the Broncos, but then they've got a really soft run of Newcastle, the Gold Coast, and the Raiders, who are all going pretty terribly at the moment. So, um, he's that's, very, very, very interesting. That's fair. I do. I would say this, that he has passed the eye test, right? He has looked much better this Big year. I've been, pr- I've been pretty critical of Mitch Moses. But he has passed eye test. I think. I think last week Stu said, uh, or had on the run sheet for me that do I think he's the problem with the Panthers? And my answer was no for the first time ever, right? Yeah, it was. The, or, or, the, or the Eels, rather, and not the Panthers. The the problem was Hodgson, which has been proven correct. Yeah, it certainly has been. So I uh, and look, they seem to fix that up with our hands as well. Yeah, that's the right. Pace around the ruck, so. Look, we can probably wait wait a week there. Uh, Moses, I'm just checking now. He's he's up to sort of high 700, 791k. So we can. He's very that. spicy. That's it. Very well, spicy. I'll, look, I will. I'll, I'll tell you guys at home. I was just trying to work out. I've got to buy a half this week, and I was just working out. Could he be the half that I need? Well, he he could if he keeps up a 62 average. He could make another 100k. So you're getting him at a good price. He's got a really favourable buy schedule. There's a lot of things to like. What you, you re- park I think for the, the reason until round think, 27. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. The reason why I don't think we looked at uh, Mitch Moses was because of this really ugly start to the season. And because um, of the split with and Dylan he's Brown. Just exce- he's just excelled though. He's absolutely excelled. So <laughs> Yep, yeah. that's it. We, we got to talk about him. So look, and look, guys, we won't talk about. Uh, so Hopgood, look, stick on him. Do not sell Hopgood. Cartwright, don't sell Cartwright. 
uh, Hodgson, if you own Hodgson. Sell so, Hodgson. Yeah. We said, to, we, we said never to buy Hodgson, or at That's least I it. did. Exactly yeah. right. So, yeah. so, so we're off him. Look, Will Pedersen, we'll quick mention for him because he cracked out another 50-plus, uh, and so well done for him. He's averaging 46. So wow. he's pretty well priced at the moment, but it is, he's taken that second year step up, right? You can see why um, he was actually, the, uh, I believe, the team captain, the one that had uh, Joey Sawali in it. So you can see oh, that talent coming through. Yeah, uh, he, they, they, went, they both went to, to Kings. Yeah, it was a tough Kings year. <laughs> Mate, I saw that team play. God, that, that was just broken. <laughs> the ball would go out there and people would get run over. It was gross. Fair enough. Uh, look, the the other thing, fellas, is look, Egan and Nat Butcher, news that Angus Crichton is back at training uh, should send a little bit of a worry through the Butcher owners, both sides. Uh, Nat Butcher, because Satili Tupania is also due back pre-origin, so that will muck around with Nat Butcher's stats too. So I would be thinking about exit strategies from the Butcher to, uh, brothers. Uh, with that in mind, Mitch, we've got to talk about one more man. The cheese, the most sold player in the league. What are we doing? I would say we're probably still selling, mate. Uh, we now have the information that it was a side strain, as we were talking about last week, and not a chondral irritation. They come with very similar time frames of recovery, so I'm thinking he has at least one to two more weeks before he's back to being normal Brandon Smith. His break-even still remains quite high, so we do have the luxury to wait and see with both performance and minutes. Once his value drops and we see the cheese we know he can be, then we get back on it. Yeah, that's it. Look, I wouldn't mind trading in a cash cow for cheese at some point. He doesn't play round 13. So the Roosters, uh, they get the good origin buy because it means if you own their origin players, well, they were going to have a buy when they were out anyway. But uh, for guys uh, like Smith, it does mean that he's out then. But... Look, if we picked him up for sub 500 and he turns his form around, would you be on for that, Nick? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he doesn't play round 13, which is a bit of a no-no for me, but that's pretty much it. That's it. I'm just thinking that if I can trade him one of these cash cows along the way and it turned to Brand Smith, I'd be pretty happy with my week. So we'll see how we go, even if he, even if he doesn't play that week. All right, guys, I think that is everyone, unless I've missed someone. So in that case, let's talk about who we think is going to win this one. Oh, so one guy we've got to talk about really quickly is Sam Walker. And the reason why we've got to talk about Sam Walker is he has actually been playing really, really well. So he is currently 675k. Uh, he's got a break-even of 42. But so far these, this year, guys, he cracked out a 69 versus the Warriors. Quite a few players own him. Is he is he worth a look in or, sh- or should we really be looking out towards guys like... Uh, like Burton, who's dropped in price, or up to a guy like Moses, Nick? <sighs> Look, I, there's, there's so many good half options at the moment. I don't think Sam Walker's your number one choice. I, I just look elsewhere. Excellent. Because I just know that a few guys, they might have, like, do they play Ozai Katoa this week? Because, you know, uh, the other backup half to Murray Martin's out, right? So, and Tanner Boyd's out. I got the buy this week. So people might be going, who do I actually play as my other half this week? Players like myself. So you're thinking stay away from Sam Walker. Uh, yeah, at that price point, I, uh, there's other guys that I just prefer. Like I prefer your Sean Johnson. 
I prefer Burton even. I think Burton's a really good buy, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. He's really good. I just think there's better value elsewhere. Excellent. Okay. Well, with that in mind, Nick, who do you think is going to win the first game versus the uh, Roosters versus the Eels? Eels by four, I think, mate. Excellent. Uh, Mitch? I have the same. Eels by four. Yep, and I've got the Eels by 10. So, of course, it'll be the Roosters by 37. Then we get to the Friday uh, 6 p.m. match. I'll be putting this one on the radio as I uh, do after church pickup. So, because it is the Raiders versus the Panthers, and it is the gutter dog round. So, Mitch, take us away. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so team analysis for the Raiders. We welcome back Jordan Rapana, wow, king of the flogs. From uh, suspension as he takes his spot on the wing with James Schiller dropping to the reserves. Jamal Fogarty is also back on deck after missing last week due to illness. He is joined in the halves by Matt Frawley, the man who replaced him last week, who is now filling in for the suspended Jack White. And so, do the movement at the Raiders. I'm not sure if any of that's going to help them. Uh, still no sign of Liam Martin, who is nursing that hamstring injury. So, we're going to come to that. Scott Sorison moves into the starting side with Zach Hosking retaining his spot uh, there and Luke Garner not named. So for people like uh, our resident Michael Sierra who got back on Luke Garner, Sorry. not a good decision. <laughs> um, so glad I got uh, Lemulu instead. I, I think I'd be done for the year had I not. With Ben Chuka, Sonny Luke out due to concussion, Tyrone Peachy will play his first NRL game of the season in his place. That's worked out for so many other teams. Bench Utility, Jamin Salmon, the gutter dog has been named despite reports he was under an injury cloud. Meanwhile, Captain Isaiah Yo will play his 200th NRL game. Awesome. And he's re-signed, guys, to 2027. So you've got four more years of Yo. So that'll bring him up to 300 games. I assume he plays all of them, yeah, close to. So He's been pretty good with the concussions of late, so, you know, not impossible. That's true. He'll miss a couple for Origin, but otherwise, yeah, he's, he's good for him. And they do put they sh- he should play postseason a few games as well. So let's hope for plenty of games for Yo. Let's talk about him real quick. Eighty two guys in eighty two minutes, one PPM. Uh wasn't replaced. There were no injuries this week, so it was just he just played the full minutes. He is fully back to fantasy relevancy, I'm happy to call it. I reckon he's a good buy for Tohu and us who've got cash. Maybe. The only issue is that he does play Origin, Tohu does not. And so, look, having said that, probably keep Tohu because I wrote this when, you know, I wasn't sure if Tohu was playing. But, look, if you've got cash to buy Yo, I'd say buy Yo. Mitch? Uh, you, yes, if you've got the cash to do it, sure. Um, I, I still think we, we could see the best of Murray and Haas, I think, still is a better buy. But certainly, I mean, if you've got all three of those, why not get Yo as well? I think I think I prefer I think I prefer the other three. I think Murray Harris and Haas are, are better fantasy performers. I know Yo had a good game, but I think I prefer the other three. Fair enough. Uh, Nick, how about you, mate? No, I like Yo. It's just uh, once again he doesn't play round thirteen, and um, but that said, the Panthers have their buys across uh, most of the Origin games, so he's not particularly affected. Um, so bad as someone like uh, Cam Murray who does miss a, an extra couple of games or so compared to those guys just if you're weighing up Murray or Yo I'd probably go Yo that's it also really got a quick shout out to the fish Fisher Harris guys he's in the 65 look he's kind of creeping I, I want to watch one more game but he's kind of creeping into keeper middle territory here just because his average is 
up a little bit. And I just want to talk about this real quick because I think what's happening here, the Panthers have come back to the pack a little bit, which means that their elite guns are having to play like other teams play their elite guns, which is get the abs, you know, ring every single drop out of them. So that's why I think we're seeing more points out of guys like Yo and Fisher-Harris, whereas before they could get like a nice rest every week, come out fresh. Now they're having to play them for, you know, at or near capacity. Nick, what would you think about that? Oh, no, I'm not particularly interested, to be honest, Mitch. Oh, I'm going to stay away. Yeah, stay away. Fair enough. But look, the guy we've got to really talk about is Hosking. So, guys, he got a 94 last week. It was with a try, but the answer is, is that he was looking at around 80 without a try. Absolutely enormous base stats. A uh, huge number of tackles as well as uh, meters run. Works really hard. His lowest fantasy score that he's ever scored is a 55, fellas. But there is this risk that he's playing on Lee Martin's side. He could get pushed out for Ghana once Ghana is, has returned or uh, Lee Martin has returned. With that in mind, Mitch, he's got a break even of, I believe, minus one. Would you be interested in getting on Zach Hosking? Not for two games. Fair enough. Uh, how about you, uh, Nick? No, uh, I'm happy to let that ship sail. And, and to those who enjoy, he's actually got a minus six break even apparently. So uh, to, to those who got him last week, congrats. But I, I don't think I can recommend anyone to get him based upon the lack of job security. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those ones like you have to have an absolute gamble. Like he's been in and out of my side. If he gets two games of 55, he will make at least 100, probably about 120 grand with his current break even, which is exactly what you want. The issue is, is that he might only get one game. Lee Martin could be back next week. He's playing on Lee Martin's edge. Hosking, uh, sorry, uh, Ghana could be back next week. So Hosking could be all the way either on the bench or just out of the squad. So you could. And be you're just good. burning trades. Let's be honest, you're just burning trades. So you don't, don't chase the dragon. That's we've, we've got we've got the eleven day HIAs. We've got heaps of those this week. Like it can happen to anyone within your side. So I wouldn't just burn trays just to try and get a quick buck necessarily. No, that, you sort of that, you need to tick a few you, boxes, and he doesn't tick the job security one. He doesn't. Though the rumor was is that he might start above Ghana, right? But again, oh, it's if all that's conjecture. true. Then obviously that that changes. It. Yeah, exactly. 100%. It, it's conjecture. And so look, unless someone came out and said like if Ghana was fit. And they said, look, no, Gunner's, you know, off on the bench or playing reserve grade this week. I would definitely say be on Hoskins. With this one, it's pretty much, it's at your own risk. Like, I can see why heaps of people get on. He's the most traded in player this week, but he's entirely at your own risk. With that in mind, uh, let's have a talk about Harley Smith Shields. Mitch. Yeah, look, we talked about him a little bit last week, didn't we, Stu? And we said last week, sell, and this week, the tune remains the same. In fact, not only is it the same, but it's louder. So, look, if you have Harley Smith Shields, I think it's time to cash sideways. And we sort of looked at Alamotti as a potential sideways move, but that, that ship's now that sailed. Ship is- it's no longer sideways. Um, Sonny Luke, so 13 points. I think this is worth just quickly talking about. What do owners do with an 11-day turnaround? Look, there is a little bit of concern over his minutes and uh, how many points he's been getting. But at, at his current price point, I think he is worth the wait. At the end of the day, he's sitting on your emergency. He's an absolute, um, you know, unlikely to ever have to play in his starting side. He passes the eye test. You're going to make the cash. Just wear this one. Don't burn the trade. 
the money's there. You just going to be a little bit patient. We are going to have, as Nick just said, plenty of 11-day turnarounds. This is just one you're going to have to wear. I don't think there's anyone obvious uh, other than hands that you would go sideways to. But you're really trading like for like and who knows, hands could go down with 11-day HIA himself. So, just wear it, move on. That's it. Now, Nick, we've got to talk about a couple of guys from uh, the Raiders because the Raiders are especially interesting us as they do play round 13 and 14. With that in mind, uh, Hudson Young. Your boy Hudson, Nick. Your mate, 631K. He got a 67, which which is a bounce back for him. So, he's truly put that Sinbin 15-point performance from round two behind him, scoring his first try of the year and adding 158 running meters, three turnover tackles to go with 28 tackles. This is the Hudson Young we want, guys. He has around eight by, but he plans, plays round 13, as you mentioned. And, and if 14. you need an edge, and if you need an edge, noting Hopgood plays uh, round 13, as we mentioned, and can shift to the mids for the week, I think he's a good pickup based on his history and his price because the reality is he's a 50 to 55 uh, lock for an edge, which is worth uh, 800K. So... You know, he's a really, really good pick up this week, I think, if you need an edge. Yeah, he seems to have bottomed out, so you're getting him for 140k less than if you bought him at the start of the season. So he he's certainly a good buy. Uh, like another guy we're talking about, uh, Tyson Frizzell, who turned around with a 69, I believe. If you had to choose between these two, Nick, who would you choose, Hudson Young or Tyson Frizzell? I'm a, I like Hudson Young. I think he's more durable. Um. Yeah, that that's just personal preference, but it really, I, I think it is flip a coin. Um, but I would go Hudson Young. I'm I'm biased. No, I got it. Uh, how about yourself, Mitch? I'm actually the opposite on this. I think durability is about equal. I mean, I think Tyson's just had a few unlucky injuries, like his busted nut. Uh, so <laughs> you know, based and from a character point of view, we know Hudson's not probably the best character rolling about the NRL. He does have a record of both suspension and Zinbins. I'm going to go Tyson Frizzell. And by the way, I think Tyson Frizzell passes the eye test. So if I was going to pick, I'd go Tyson. Excellent. Look, Tyson Frizzell, like we'll mention him later, but just to put him in context, 614K, 69 points, 31 break even, but does not play round 14. So you will miss yeah. his score then. They're uh, both um, they're both like career low 50s back rowers. Like their stats are so – like their fantasy outputs are about the same and they're both on crap teams. So really, I really think it is flip a coin. Excellent. Yeah. Well, look, guys, uh, certainly if you're looking for some of that round 13, either of those players are good. I, I would get behind Hudson Young if I didn't have seven edge forwards. Uh, <laughs> I've got too many, bro. I don't know what to do. Help me. Anyway, moving on. Sell them. Oh. I can't. Uh, they make it too Josh, much money. Josh Starling, mate, 642K. Uh, back, crash back down to earth with Tom a 28. Seven. What do I say? Josh Starling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Tom Starling, 28 fantasy points, seven missed tackles for the little man and only 20 running meters hurts. Coming off a 59 average from rounds one to three, we can't recommend him. When he has such variability each week, I would just avoid it at all costs. Ricky Stewart, avoid... Yep. Okay. I got the um, Panthers by 24. Also, um, by Cleary, if you don't have him, is probably the only other thing we need to mention. Stu, do you have the Panthers winning? I got the Panthers winning, and I would say don't sell Jerry Tarpany. I've seen a lot of people try and sell him this week. He got a 63 last week and ran for 230 metres. Leave him alone. Leave uh, I, the, un- 
The other reason I took him off the players worth discussing is like, what sort of idiot would sell Joey Tarpany? He's passed the eye test and he's one of the best forwards in the league. It's like, that's not even a topic. And he plays round 13. It's not even a topic of discussion, is it? Like, round like, 13 and 14, doesn't play oh, origin, God. international. Yeah, leave Jeez. him alone. Leave Brittany alone. Yeah, Panthers batch. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers but. Panthers by 20 for me. So, Anthony, if, you, if you're out there, Anthony, and you own Joey Tarpany, don't make any more mistakes. Yeah, leave like, him alone until he gets injured, no. okay? Or, or kill uh, someone. Like, or, or Ricky, kill puts someone. Him in the, Ricky puts him in the doghouse. One, one of the three, right? That's it. His PPM is insane, guys. Like, he's playing like 45, 50 minutes and punching out 60s. Just leave him alone. All right. And he looked, he looked better with his bash brother out there. I think that made quite a difference. It does. Josh Papali, he, he often does the follow-up run after Papali gets to the ground mm. quickly. So he does make those yeah. extra running meters. Great call. Great call. Excellent. You called that last week, Stu, and it was true. I, it was it was funny. I was just thinking back, why was Joe Tarpany so good? It's like because it, the defense is retreating against him because Josh Papali takes the tough nugget carry. Anyway, let's watch for that this week, see how the Panthers handle him. Uh, now, let's get to the Friday night game. This should be a good one. Rabbitohs at home versus the Storm, 8th versus 9th. Uh, look, Hame Sally returns for the Rabbitohs. Ben Lovett dropping out of the 17. Alex Johnson had a cork, but it's been named. Jai Arrow, nowhere to be seen with that. He must have been a nasty hamstring injury because he's been out for a few weeks now. And on the Storm side, guys, Tyron Wishart is out. Uh, yeah, look, not surprising. Tom Eisenhuth comes into the side. Now, guys, a little bit of a news here is George Jennings has been named in reserves and he played last week in New South Wales Cup, which would probably put Will Warbrick's spot at risk. So, guys, I know we're going to talk real quick about Will Warbrick because he just rolled out a 64, guys. But with the news no. that it might be time for him to go, well, he's made his 100 grand. It's nice. No. But geez, it's not what we want to hear, is it, Nick? No, we need one more week. One more. That's it. One more with like a try would be nice. Minus minus six break even. Come on, just one more week. Yeah. So look, it's we, we really want him. But Mitch, sorry, I, I told stole your thunder there, but we did have to talk about Warbrick because he might not be playing, right? Well, I think it's best that you did that because I was unaware of that, but he certainly has passed the eye test from round one. Uh, and, and he finally gave us sort of the performance we're after. I'm hoping he can have one more in the 50s and then I will get out of dodge. But uh, it, it's a bit of a shame. I actually think think he can seriously play. So hopefully hopefully that's not the truth. Yeah, hopefully he can keep his spot, right? Because George Jennings is decent, but he's not, you know, I'm not being blown away by George Jennings on the wing for the Storm. Anyway, look, let's talk about a guy who also didn't blow us away last week, Mitch Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, look, we've spoken about this a, a few times and I think Nick asked me my concern over Luttrell as far as that PCL went a couple of weeks ago and I, I pretty well shut it down. He has been limping in the backfield <laughs> on multiple occasions with this PCL. Um, look, I can't help it if he's soft. He just needs to suck it up and stop limping. But no, in all seriousness, he's doing really well to play on that injury. And look, as we said, a grade three is 12 weeks, no play. So we've got to assume it's a one and it's just going to plague him probably for the next two to three weeks. And if we really break it down, my suspicion is that he probably would have been better or to just have the time off. But what I would say they're likely doing, and it's unfortunate for any owners, but really if you pick Luttrell at the start, you picked him with the mind to keep him through the season, is that they're using the threat of Luttrell, not Luttrell himself. And uh, 
his fantasy scores are going to suffer for that because he's not a base stat fantasy player. So, look, if you own him, you've probably got two or three more weeks of this at, at least and then origin impending. So, it's just something to be aware of. He, he clearly hasn't recovered from it, uh, which, you know, that is what it is. And um, we'll just be watching him week to week. I, I might even make an effort to get out to a bunny game, Bunny's game so I'm not reliant on the, the telecast to see what he is doing in the backfield. But at different moments when they did pan to him, there was a visible link, limp. And I noticed you, you sort of posted in our chat that you saw it as he was sort of walking off the field and, and that, was, that wasn't that was faked oh. on any level. That was legit. I, I, was just, I was just saying there that like he had no runs, no kick returns, no nothing after like 20 minutes, right? And it was just concerning because I was, you know, I, I really wasn't trying to wind up Emma at all. I was just like, I'm just not seeing him and because he, he wasn't there. So, yeah, Latrell for me, is very much with that in mind, chuck a star because if we can pick him up at a discount, why would you not pick up Latrell at a discount? I know he doesn't because play he's, he's an injury and suspension magnet. That's true, but, like, it depends on the size of the discount, right? Yeah, that's true. I did make a promise that I wouldn't get him this year. Fair, fair. Goal, I, I'm just thinking like goal kicking wing fullbacks this year. Like I just to break it down super quickly, right? We got Teddy who's trying to get together with his spine, still hasn't worked it out yet. We got Latrell, like out of the elites, Latrell. We got Paps is injured. Ponger is done. Like who else are we talking about here in Paps the elite? Paps is done too, man. Oh, is Paps been running yet? Uh, zero G. Yeah, so, see what I mean. He's not running on land yet, so he's minimum a month away. <laughs> so, 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 so we're talking about like who are the elite wing fullbacks this year, right? We got Latrell who kicks goals. Orbic, Orbic is elite. <laughs> he, he might be out this week. No, this yeah, actually, no, 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 legit, right? I'll tell you who's elite. AJ Brimson Lockie is Miller. done. Lockie Miller's elite. Lockie 72. Miller, seventy-two. That's, that's elite. He's the only one. Yeah, I'm serious. And uh, Hammer, yeah. Hammer, Hammer, really? I consider to be elite as well. Hammer will produce some good scores, though he could stink it up. He's a centre. He's a centre. That's true. So yeah, he's playing fullback, is what we're saying. Yeah, you, you could oh, have him. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. but you want him as a centre. Oh, well, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. Nah. Yeah, and Reese nah. Walsh is decent, nah. but he's not. He, he's an attacking stat bitch. That's all he relies on. Mm. Reese Walsh. Yeah. He has no base stats to him. As soon as if Brisbane go through a rough patch, God help you if you own Reese Walsh. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so, so that's just what to think about why I so, have the trail. So, Mitch just uh, called Reese Walsh a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think David Fafita did that in person as well <laughs> in yeah, the but, preseason. But David Fafita's a big man and I'm not. <laughs> I think he's still bigger than Reese Walsh. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, guys, we also got to talk about Lachlan Elias because he's on a bit of a bounce back, isn't he, Mitch? 58. Yeah, I, I'd still have a word of caution with Lockie Elias. His kick meters are through the roof at 438. And I know last season that was probably the big disappointment because he was lurking in the, the, the low 200s, high 170s. Um, but his score was buoyed with a try save this week. If I see another week of kick meters like that, given he has passed the eye test, we could sort of piece together that we know he's not an injury risk and we are seeing those good base stats. I would be very, very tempted to get him. I know I was pretty high on him after round one, but resisted the urge, and then he kind of had two bad rounds. But, uh, you know, the only issue I have is he had the field goal, he had the try save, and then he had 438 kick meters. Let's just see one more week of that because that Manly game was a real sort of classic game of forcings back with plenty of kicking um, from within their own halves. 
I just have question marks over his ability to punch those scores out week to week. And, and, and with that, right, we're getting close to peak um, possible value with him. So, Ilias at the moment, I think he's at 540k. I know you'd be paying an extra 100 and something K, but I'd almost be more tempted to go Sam Walker because I know where his ceiling can be. So, I, I need to see one more week. And I think at that point, you're getting pretty close to cashed out. Uh, he might be the sort of guy I think that's probably a better option for 2024. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, no, I'm not particular. I was really interested, um, but as I said, there's still heaps of other guys um, who I think are worth looking at in the house position personally. Yep. But if you got him, like, congrats, for, you know, like, really good pickup if you got him early on. Yeah, if you got him round one, like I know Anthony did, you're probably happy and holding on to him. But that's pretty well how I feel. I think it's a little bit of a trap. I wouldn't say it's chasing the dragon, but I think there's better stuff out there. Just just temper your expectations. Like we'll talk about the same thing with SJ. Like when you bring in these guys who are in a bit of a hot streak, um, just don't uh, lash out and trade them out again. You, you you get them for a reason, for a particular average. You know what I mean? So. Well, that's um, what I was kind of enjoying with um, Mitch Moses. I think he's on a bit of a hot run too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Excellent. Uh, guys, I'll, I'll probably come back with uh, with a quick guy here. So Michael Cheekham, a number of players on him as a cashy. He's just about reached the end of his tether. He does have a very low break even this week of eight, but he's named on the bench with Hame Sally back, so which means Kane and Kalamatangi will probably be playing on the edge and Cheekham will most likely play off the bench. With that in mind, uh, if that's the case, I'd say be looking for an exit for Cheekam. Uh, the other guys we're going to talk about is, uh, look, Pezzet from the Storm. So that young half, he looked really good, actually, guys. What, what did you think, Mitch? Yeah, I, I thought he was good. I thought he passed the eye test, but I, I'd want to see a little bit more, wouldn't you? Uh, look, the the yeah, I, I want to see more, but the hard part is is that we won't see more because Jerome Hughes is back after next week. He's got a two week uh, suspension, well, so it's it's a real that. shame. So so I suppose, though, I suppose you know we know that Munster's carrying that uh, pubic injury though, so if he goes down, you know you probably put Pezet in straight away, right? That's it. Or if something happens to Nick Meaney, you put Munster back to fullback, and you, you, I reckon this guy could play. He can play first grade properly. You put him next to Hughes, be fine. So, guys, Joshy King, I'm going to have to say I got it wrong on him because he pulled out a 69. So, King is playing huge minutes and he seems to be not sharing much time with Sims so far. Good call to anyone who got on. I still think, however, like, you know, you're probably priced out of him now because I do think that he will, with Tom Eisenhuth named this week and Tarakson's, I think that King will get closer to 60 rather than 70 plus minutes. Davi Moali, guys, he scored 11. He just... His fantasy nugget, he's written off, right, unless he grows six feet taller. So, David Morley is just a sell. I'm not going to talk about him again. And the two edge uh, two edge back rowers for the Storm, uh, Katoa and Liero, 59 and 56. Look, edge forwards getting good ball from their halves is gold, and it seems like they teach that a lot the Storm because their halves are such running threats that people square up on their halves. And that lets those edge forwards have that real nice gap to run into. I would say that, look, you're probably close to too late to get onto either of these guys, but I reckon Katoa is, what would you say, guys? The 700, 750k player, yeah? Yep. Yep. So you probably got a bit of time to get on Katoa. 
and Trent Liera, he's probably a 600, 650k player. Like, you know, I see the upside of him as being like a Liam Martin. So with that in mind, guys, 56 again, we just leave him alone. Uh, let, let him get to that sort of cash level. But Nick, we've got to talk about a guy that we really do need to chat about, Isaac Thompson. We were really high on the preseason, but he's he's only had one good score. What are we doing? Uh, he only had one tackle pass last week, which is quite concerning considering the type of player he is. I think he should have a he should have a bounce back factor the next few weeks. I don't think you're going to lose your shirt holding, so I'm going to continue to hold, particularly as he's got the DPP. And I didn't jump on Hammer, so I'm an idiot. Um, Damien Cook, guys, 872K, got a 64. He's got a very high break even of 83, so you can wait another week or two before jumping on. He's yet to have a berserk attacking game yet, so he's really just putting up huge tackles. And he's found his running game again this uh, this year. So just wanted to keep an eye on in the next couple of weeks. And my last one, guys, Ken Murray, 836K with a 58. Um, he's still a stud. He had three penalties, zero attacking stats. He hasn't offloaded for two weeks, which is disappointing. He's just focusing on quick play of the balls. I've got a hold um, on Cam Murray. Now, for full disclosure, I'm, I'm planning on selling him this week as he misses round 13, 16, 19, and 20, which is too many games Um Compared to, you know, Payne Haas, Carrigan, and Joe Tarpe during Origin, I badly need a hooker this week. So, <laughs> Who are you getting? Um, T- talk us through. Who are you getting? For what? Who, who are you selling? Yeah, which one? Um, well, okay. Uh, jumping ahead, I was looking at uh, Robson and Egan, and Wade Egan scored three tries in three weeks to inflate his scores. So I'm going to get um, Reese Robson. Nice. Yep. Round thirteen. Excellent. Jaden Braley, no interest here. Uh, he look. Um, he hasn't bottomed out yet. I think uh, when I had a look at him, he's still got another couple of weeks before he bottoms out. And that Knights team is so poo. Oh my god. I just. I don't think I can own a knight. I, I, it's you know, there's some teams that they just a bit like, like the dragons. <laughs> honestly, literally exactly the same. Like you have Tyrell Sloan because he's a bottom basement cheapy, but literally you, you just can't carry guys like that on your team necessarily because they're just not going to get the attacking stats and they're just going to continue missing tackles. Like it's just, yeah, it's you know, rough. it is. It is rough. Mm. Yeah, they won't win games like they did last week. Okay. Well, look, guys, let, let's talk about this one. So we've got the Storm playing the Bunnies here. Bunnies at home. I've still got the Storm by 10. I reckon they'll have a bit of a bounce back week. Mitch, who have you got? Bunnies by 8. Excellent, Nick. They're, they're a good team. I've heard the buddies by two. I think it's been really close. Excellent. All right, guys, we get to the Saturday. We have three games on Saturday this week. Uh, 3 p.m. sees the Seagulls take on the Knights. Mitch, take us away. Yep, so Lachlan Croker returns from injury, pushing Carl Lawton back to the reserves. Yeah. In another big change, Talatau Cooler is out with a knee injury for an extended period of time. And Morgan Harper comes back in for him at centre. Kurt Mann is out due to concussion with Jack Johns replacing him at lock after a big <laughs> performance in New South Wales Cup. Now, Jack Johns Greg- is good. I just wish he got more time. Leave him alone. Oh, oh please. Agreed. Agreed. Greg, Margie, He's right. Greg Margie retains his spot on the wing with Dom Young sent to remain in the shadow realm. Excellent. That's hectic, eh? That's hectic. What a fall from grace. And and you know what? Greg Marsh, you played really bloody well. 
He's so good. <laughs> he looks so good. He just absolutely. But then again, he was playing a terrible side last week. Like I, I don't know how the numbers Raiders were awful. They, they were. Awful. They made Greg Marzu look like a stud. Excellent. <laughs> so, so let's. I'm just going to talk about Gagai and Marzu. Look, they scored huge. Obviously, Gagai thought it was Origin. You know, got, got his weeks wrong. <laughs> Must have thought it was Origin four or something instead of Round four, and so it actually showed up for the Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Don't chase last week's points. Don't buy these guys. Leo Thompson, guys, again, 48 big points. He's probably correctly priced, though, for how long he has left until uh, Jacob Saifidi is back. Uh, Lawson, guys, uh, he's not named this week. If you got on last week, it's that's the them's the breaks, right? It looks like Lawson is just going to be there until he fully recovers from that knee injury or just as the backup hooker. Uh, guys, and Josh Schuster, so I'm going to say he's a great player. But look, they played 83 minutes, but Schuster's play just doesn't seem to translate super well to fantasy while he's in the half. He's too lazy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to park him as pure. And yeah, he doesn't get as many tackles as second row, which is where a lot of his points came from as well yep. but when he was playing there. So I'm riding off Schuster until we see something different. I don't want we, That way we don't need to talk about him week to week. Yep. He's got three X's, mate. He doesn't have the stats. He doesn't pass the eye test, and he's an injury risk. That's yeah. that's the trifecta. Oh, look, for me, he kind of passed the eye test as far as a footy player goes. But, like, fantasy is a slightly different game. And, you yep. know, one tackle break, 20 It's just those tackles. involvements, right? It's just he's a bit like a poor man's Latrell. He really. is, and he it, loves a penalty. God. Two in penalties. Fan, in, fantasy, in fantasy, Schuster, he hasn't uh, quite found his running game yet, so... When he starts to find his running when he game, runs, he blows his bloody calf. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. But that that <laughs> left edge, we know, he's a, a shot duck. So <laughs> that 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 edge, that edge, uh, and and the shape they get out the back, he he could really go ham if he actually, um, yeah, get gets going. Because yeah. round round one, he's got a. I mean, sorry, round three, he's got a thirty-five or three try assists, which is nice, but. Are still disappointing for three tries. Right? Nico Hines gets like four or five tries and scores a 90-odd. A million, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now it'd be frustrating. So, look, let, let's let's ping off Josh Schuster until we see something new. Uh, because I think that even if DCE goes out, whoever takes his spot will eat those minutes. Cooper Johnson will just come in and play, take DCE's role. 100%. But, look, speaking of guys who were running around looking a little bit busted, Mitch Turbo, I'd... I know when I saw him run the ball back a couple of times, he's not really hitting full speed. He's kind of Look, looping rather than... Yeah. And and we got a question about him last week and I did say I was nervous and wanted to see a little bit more. And this is basically why... I think I spoke about this multiple times, but I'll say it again. I really feel like Manly's play with Turbo, which is what I suggested, is use the threat of Turbo and maybe not use Turbo himself. And he kind of appears to be playing within himself. I'm not convinced he's got an injury, but I don't think he's, you know, going full tilt at the moment. And to a degree, I think he's probably playing himself into the season. The other thing I would say, and I'm sure you guys will agree, I just don't think we're going to see 2020 NRL again, uh, 2021 rather, of Landy's ball again, where he just was such a beneficiary of those fast play the balls. And when you kind of put all that together, Turbo's not far off what we've seen in seasons prior to that. And with the injury risk, I just I just can't justify getting him in at the moment. I think there are better options and I'm trying as much as I can to stick to my pledge of 23, which is to avoid players like him unless the price is just outrageous, which I don't think it is. I, I can't see him being a million-dollar player again in fantasy. 
no, though I must say he probably will eat well this week against a pretty poor night side. Probably, but the thing is, right, he's going to be a bit of a week-to-week proposition and I I tend towards wanting a bit more stability in my side. I don't need that emotional roller coaster. That's it. Uh, with that in mind, look, I, I don't think any of us own Turbo. You don't, Nick, do you? No. Yeah, look, I think we've all taken the decision that until we really see like Turbo absolutely take off, we'll just wait and wait and see. And we, you know, we feel like we were justified last week, but we'll see how we feel in two weeks' time. A guy who we did hold off, which is really frustrating me, Nick, Sean Kepi. Now, I don't know what they've put in the Kool-Aid down there or when Anthony Seabold's been whispering in his ear, but he's gone from PPM nugget to PPM stud. What's happening, Nick? Oh, you, mate, you've stolen it from me. 0.66 PPM in 2022 versus 1.02 PPM in 2023. It just per, uh, poses some risk if he regresses to his career average of 0.72 PPM. I think he's going to make another 100k or so if he averages 42 the next three weeks. So he's still a decent option if you haven't got him. Um, so I've got him. So suckers. Um, and then the last one, guys, Tyson Brazil. 69, as we mentioned, awesome pickup for a cut, cut price keep and a side that needs its grunt the next few weeks while they're down on forwards. Included a trier, so just expect that mid-50s, mid to low-50s and not 60s if you buy them. So just temper those expectations, but definitely a good time to jump on Tyson. He's got a 40 break even. Yeah, he's, he's priced around 40 at the moment, so there's 10 clear points of value. That's what we love to see there. So Tyson Frizzell is a buy for me this week. Except I have too many edge forwards. If you don't, if this is not your problem at home, and you're like, geez, I just need some value in my side, go get Tyson Frizzell. You're a conservative player. Go get Tyson Frizzell. Plays round 13. Enjoy. Uh, with that in mind, uh, guys, I think we've been through just about everyone uh, that we need to. Oh, Jaden Braley, guys. So a little bit of back to form from him because obviously he had that heavy, heavy HIA a little while back uh, came through. Uh, got a 52 break even this week scored a 59 last week are we waiting another week on Jaden Braley Nick um, no I think you can jump on this week Um, I think he, what's his break even it is, 52 so still quite high Um, yeah I think you can get him this week if you're looking for a hooker particularly for that round 13 planning as we were mentioning that's it doesn't play round 14 but that's fine like if you've got a You've got a guy like Marnie or whatever. So even if you're just looking for value, there's clearly 100K with value in Jaden Braley, who, guys, we would say easily is, what, a 750K player this year, Mitch? Easy. Yep. So, look, if you want 150K of value and you can probably park him in your side, go get him, unless you own Robson, in which case he won't score around 13 for you. That would be the one uh, crossover I would not do. With that in mind, guys, uh, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, look, I'm ready to apologize to Manly. They are no joke. They showed that against Souths. So I'm going to be a man and just admit it. Not stinky. Then, no, I never said they were stinky. I just thought you said they were overrated. They're not. Yep. Um, manly no, by Manly yeah, by underrated. Excellent. Nick? Manly by 30. I've, I've always rated them. Excellent. Look, I got Manly, yeah, I reckon they'll be by at least 12, but yeah, probably close to that 30. Uh, Guys, we then get to the Saturday afternoon game. Mitch, you you probably won't be this at this one because it's in Wollongong, but we got the Dragons versus the Dolphins. 
Hey, there's no way I'm driving 70 kilometers to watch this team play. Um, Jack De- <laughs> April Fool's Day. <laughs> it's like the Dragons win. <laughs> April Fool's sucker. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather watch uh, the rugby union. I'll be doing coverage for. Thank you very much. Um, Jack DeBellin has been named in the reserves and is a chance to return from a calf injury. I'm sure that'll make all the difference. Otherwise, Coach Anthony Griffin has stuck with the same seventeen <laughs> that got smashed by the Sharks. So you know, if ever there was a barometer on where he's at, I think he has officially mailed it in. We come over to the Dolphins, who unfortunately are really struggling with depth. Guys, young gun five eight uh, Isaiah Katoa is going to be back on deck after missing last week through injury. Uh, he's going to be joined by my man, Anthony Milford, who's going to retain his spot in the halves, but shifts to number seven uh, with Sean O'Sullivan sent to the shadow realm with that pec injury. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, which I think is a big inclusion, returns from a suspension. And Cody Nicarima is going to drop to the reserves. Testing you is out after battling a knee injury the last week with Jack Bostock replacing him on the wing. So, you know, I tell you what, if the Dolphins are full strength, they'd be licking their licks at this dragon side, right? Oh, yeah. It's actually going to be an interesting game. I'm going to be down It'll be close. that day. Uh, I don't think my wife's going to want to go to it, but you never know. I might, might convince her to go along. So with that in mind, guys, let's talk about the one dragon that we probably do want to own, Tyrell Sloan, 27. Mitch, you were at that game. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was a bit concerned, but 27, yeah. he, No, I think I think that's harsh, to be completely honest. Uh, there, are, there are a couple of things I would say. The first thing is the Dragons pack is not fast enough or strong enough or mobile enough to get a fast playable against a really, really high-quality tackling uh, side like Cronulla. And, man, they are well coached by Craig Fitzgibbon in that regard. And they just couldn't get any space for those outside backs, whether they went left or right. They were having all types of trouble. And I think Sloan really did well to have 27 points. Mm. He's, in my opinion, one of the best players on the Dragons side. He's going to suffer for their stinkiness. Um, but if you hold, get your value, get out of dodge, um, just try and get whatever cash there is to be had. He definitely is not a buy if you don't have him. But I think Sloan looked pretty good and, you know, he's going to retain his spot. I'm, I'm certain there's been some type of edict to make sure that both Sullivan and Sloan are going to get pretty much a, a, a clear run at it. Uh, and then, you know, the other reason he was suffering was because the Dragons had no way to defend the fast play the ball, which is what we've spoken about previously so the sharks had a lot of possession in the second half and you know he wasn't fielding many kicks because they're in the dragons 20 yeah no it wasn't good uh and let's let's talk about the other guy milford 34 what are we thinking look at his current break even we probably have the luxury of one more week for milford to show us what type of role he's going to have at the dolphins for effectively the rest of the year last round really didn't stew i think give us much of an indication of what that role is going to be given uh, Sean O'Sullivan was injured. The main problem with Milford is twofold. Number one, he unfortunately hasn't returned the player I thought he might under Bennett that he was in 2015. Um, and then the other one is they have a lot of injuries, so that their, their, their play might drop off. That said, they play with heart. They are no joke. The Dolphins are no jokes. And George is a joke, but the Dolphins are no joke. And they play bloody tough. I think we need to revisit this one next week. Yeah, no, fair enough. We will. Uh, revisit Milford because if nothing else, he has dropped a little bit of coin and we're just looking for those halves options. So uh, good to know because he's below 500k. He's probably the only starting seven below 500k currently. Uh, let's talk about guys who are definitely below 500k, but for good reason. Ben Murdoch-Mastilla. What's happening, Nick? 
Uh, I don't know what to say, mate. Other than you win some, you lose some. I'd cut bait and move on ASAP. Um, another yeah, guy. Um, under- sorry, just to interject again. I was watching him live. He is so far off the pace of play. The Sharks came with a real plan to attack him and his ability to turn around and jog back 10 friggin' meters. He cannot keep up with, um, you know, post Valenti's ball for 80 minutes. He is an absolute sell. Anyone who got on him, big mistake. Yeah, I must say, it's the reason why I wanted to wait a week to at least watch him. And I'm glad I did because you have made no money. Yep. Anyway, uh, Nick, uh, two green. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit brutal for. BMM owners. Um, another guy under fun 500k, Isaiah Katoa. Um, he's got eight break even. I just get on if you don't have him. Absolute must buy uh, this week. That can easy average 40s drinking the milkshake with Sean O'Sullivan gone. Most so owned I think player that's in the league. Yeah. So if you don't have him, I think there's what 64% of active teams that have him according wow. to footy statistics. Yeah, so I, the rest I'm of about you, to upgrade uh, that this week because I haven't had him. But I think I will have to. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, that's an easy. It's the only must this week, I think. And um, the last one, guys, Jack Bird. Oh, just, just don't bother. Get Lemuelu. Yep. He may not get many minutes when Jack DeBellin is back. To I just think it's too risky. He's got absolutely no, zero job security, despite being one of the Dragons' best players. Like, is he an edge? Is he a center? Is he a lock? Is he a bench? It's just absolute s show. I just look. I'd look elsewhere. Um, Lemuelu, if you got burned instead of Lemuelu, you're crying. So, yeah. That's it. And look, we probably got to talk about Lemuelu because he he did pretty well, guys. 48. He's huge. I just want to quickly inject. He's a big man. I didn't realize he was so tall. Like, Jesus. And he's actually got the big meter. Uh, he has, uh, he started out as, I believe, a winger. For the Dolphins, tried to move himself to the second row after uh, Tuilagi. Uh, the Cowboys broke out. So, so, sorry, so to the yeah Cowboys, he he broke out there because uh, Tuilagi pretty much locked down that wing spot. So, and then he took his shot at the Dolphins. So yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah, one point nine meters tall, fellas. Yeah, big man. <laughs> he looks good. You know, trifecta again. He's got the stats, passes the eye test, no injury history. Get on yeah, it. Yeah, oh, look, I must say, guys, I'm pretty much about to call it is that if I don't get Hoskins, which I don't think I will, I'm pretty sure it's Lemuelu and yep. Katoa I, for me this yep. week. I've got Lemuelu, and I think I'll be running with him and Hammer until I can cash out to someone better in the near future. That's uh, my sentence. Well, you know what? We've the, got the, Mitch the... next week. Oh, sorry, I'll interrupt you, Nick. Mitch, you've been tasked with find us who we're actually going to cut out to because as far as wing fullbacks go, right, it's a crap show. So if you can find us some players we can safely exit to, I will listen for that segment next week, eh? I, I do injuries, though. <laughs> you got to help us out, mate, because we, we've got to uh, cash out somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look together this week, see, who, see where we can cash out these guys to. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Excellent. Nick, sorry, mate. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, just on Lemuelu, he's easily the best centre option out there. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, speaking of centre options, uh, those who got Zach Lomax with a nine, he was our bust this week. <laughs> with um, it was just four errors, three missed tackles, and a penalty conceded. It's just disgusting. Um, but he's got seventy break even, so he's one to pick up in the next few weeks, which is uh, a little silver lining Actually, as a just, um, potential centre keeper. Just on that, he looked awful live, like absolutely awful. I think. I, I, and, and Nick, I don't know how much you've read about this, but 
there is really, really strong talk about a very obvious um, player divide in the locker room. And I know which side Zach Lomax is with regard to Anthony Griffin. I wonder if he's just kind of thrown the rattle here. Um, the effort is right down. His kicking is off. There is something wrong. Um, I think his confidence is out the window. I actually don't think he can be touched until there's a new coach in town. That that's I, I just think he's a bit of a shot duck and mentally. And he's the face of the franchise, so Anthony Griffin stands no chance, does he? He's gone. It's only a matter of time. It's just, you know, the last of the Queensland boys in Ben Hunt and a few others holding up the other end. But um, it's I don't think Jack, Zach Lomax rather can be touched, even though he's kicking goals, which, which he's having trouble doing unless they're point-blank range, um, until we see something change. Uh, he was also Codra. rattled quite early, so you could actually see, like he took a couple of those tough runs early, but the second one that he took, I think he took it right into the meat of the forwards. You could see him kind of stagger out. Yep. And he's not one of those guys to really like just shake it off and get after it. I think he, he kind of takes that stuff a little bit to heart. That's so, what I mean. And I think I don't think the coach has been particularly good for building his confidence. Like if he was under someone like Wayne Bennett or Trent Robinson, who are really good player managers, he'd be fine. But Hook's known just to, to yell and scream and berate. And it's, it's just not going well. But basically what I'm saying is I just, you know, if you've got Lomax, that's a straight up sell and don't touch until... Um, we see a shift at, at Cogra. Excellent. Well, well, Lomax is a career 40-point center, so I think he will uh, regress to the mean. And if he can get him for like 460-odd thousand in the next three or four weeks, I think he's going to be a great buy. That's, that's where we, we really do need to start looking at these guys, right? Like is where mm. he could be a guy that we can jump on. So let's just keep it – we'll chuck a star on Zachy Lomax because if he does drop a ton of coin, right? It could be one of those ones where we get off one of these guys, we hop on Zachy Lomax, enjoy the ride as a goalkeeper. That's center. it. Okay, guys, I've got the Dolphins by eight. I think this will be closer just due to the number of injuries with the Dolphins. I think they were playing the SOS dinner suit role to manage them around the field. And Milford, I don't think Milford knows what a dinner suit is. So <laughs> he's, he's like he a dog. one, mate. Mate, he... Oh, flipping hell. I, like, he... He'll probably spill a can of dog food on his man. Like, I just... He was so bad last week. I I just have never seen such a bad performance in the NRL. You know what? If if, if Katoa plays, I think Dolphins find a way to win that. Yeah, that's true. He's playing. No, I mean against Brisbane. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it yeah, was that yeah, close. Yep, yep, yep. They were one good player off. In fact, healthy Dolphins win that game. Straight out. And, and they had no Jeremy Marshall King. I'm telling you, the Dolphins are no joke. That and it's great to see. I'm enjoying it actually. That's it. But but Mitch, you've actually got the Dragons this week. Look, it's the most dragon things ever <laughs> to win this type of game. No, no, hear me out. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen, guys. The Dragons, they like Wind Stadium. It's nice and it's nice and cool. It's near the ocean. They'll be comfortable. They'll be up by sixteen. They'll be up by sixteen with twenty minutes to go. And then they're gonna clock off and um it's going to get down to, you know, six or four points and that they'll find a way to, to hold on and, you know, take another year off the old man's life. Mate, I'm not sure if you know this, but dolphins actually live in the sea. So, uh, the fact they're near the sea isn't a, isn't a good thing uh, for the I'm dragons, that is. I'm ever the optimist. <laughs> interesting one, fellas, as well. We are due rain on Saturday and Wind Stadium is the most wind-affected stadium that they play regular NRL at. 
because that'd got be that because it's twenty meters side. from the beach, <laughs> and, and it's got wide open on that side, right? It's just yeah, 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 the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, guys, uh, we could be expecting like uh, yeah, a real ugly game down there. Just I think it was going to be ugly regardless, though, right? <laughs> True. But in the wet with the wind, oh, my God. Anyway, guys. This is I've the perfecter this week, eh? <laughs> uh, what happened is, so I'll super quick digress, then we'll get back to it. Valenius and Co., they really set it up so that the first four rounds were, like, super competitive. You know, they can say, oh, we've got the most closest scores of, you know, last 100,000 years. And, and then this week, it's just kind of all gone to heck. As we can see by the next game, Broncos... First versus Tigers 17th at Suncorp. So, with that, Nick, take us away, man. I don't think the Broncos changed anyone, right? No, they're 1-17 to for the team that just beat the Dolphins last week. And they are unbeaten, which is, um, I don't think any of us could have predicted. Oh, maybe Mitch would have, but um, I don't think you and I would have predicted it, Stu. No. Um, Tim Sheens for the Tigers has kept the same starting side, despite the Tigers' winless yeah. start on the opposite end of the table through four rounds. Adam Dwayne, he starts at fullback. Brandon Wakem uh, wears the number six jersey again. There's new faces on the bench. Jake Sipkin, Justin Matamua, and Stafford Toa are coming in for Dane Laurie, Alex Seafarth, and Sean Ball. So it's been a real clean out of the bench. I don't really know what's happening. I don't think they know what's happening. So um, I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Oh. Um, I'll kick us off, guys. Katoni uh, Staggs, 526K, 59, um, 23 break even. He's got four tries in the last three weeks for a 48 average. Uh, not a bad time to get with him with the Bronx flying high and the Walsh-Reynolds-right-side combo actually giving him some good ball. I would proceed with caution, though. So... Um, definitely, we're talking about Zach Lomax being in the toilet. Katoni Staggs, he's flying high. So, definitely one to, to consider jumping on if you need a center. Um, Stu, what are we thinking about Adam Dwayne this week? Uh, guys, we hit the, said hit the eject last week. We saw the 39 last week. He's playing with turf toe, Mitch, which I'm guessing is super bad, right? That is not great at all. That is a really painful injury. I think we said, um, Stu, that if he was playing with turf toe, we hit the eject button because... Uh, the suspicion from you was uh, turf toe bone bruising, which I thought was pretty astute. So um, eject, eject, eject. That's it. So only thing we want to watch with Andui, we're also going to chuck a big fat star on him because a couple of weeks in a row, which means he will likely get that dual player positioning. So you know when we're talking about players which you know we wanted to hop off other players onto? Dwahi at some point will move back into the halves because the tie, he's probably the best half that the Tigers have, even if he's not a natural half, right? He's probably a better lock or center or even fullback than he is a half. But he's still the best that they've got at the moment. So with that in mind, they'll put him back there. There'll be dual player position. You put him in your side. You just laugh the rest of the year. He plays all the games from round 17 to 27. Do you agree with that, Nick? Wait, wait, and wait for him to bottom out. Yeah, I'm not really touching him until he moves back to the house, personally. Yep. But when he gets that DPP and bottoms out, I know that I will be on Adam Dwyer because uh, yeah. another goal-kicking yeah. fullback. But, yeah, and look, he'll have to move back to the house unless his leg falls off. Yeah. Um, they will just cycle through these players. Uh, we also got guys, IPAP and Bateman. Now, they put out enormous scores because they're trying to carry this team. 78 from Papalihi, 74 for Bateman. I wanted these guys to suck a little bit more so that I could go and afford them at some point. But they're just they're just trying to carry this squad. They're trying to do absolutely everything themselves because the rest of the team is sucking. 
So their near value just due to week-to-week variations and the fact that they will just slap every button on their squad until they can work out a combination that works. But keep an eye on them because we can see that even in a team which sucks, these guys are absolutely killing it. Uh, Mitch, we got a two-bad guy that we recommended, Adam Reynolds. Uh, gave us a 32 against the Dolphins. What happened? Ooh. I think it's just an aberration, mate. Nothing's changed as far as his injury risk goes. But I do think he's still an interesting, cheaper alternative to Hines and uh, King Cleary. These rounds happen. Just deal with it. Move on. Uh, I, I think the Dolphins pack played tough and Reynolds just didn't have quite as much time as he's had the previous three rounds. But against his Tigers team, I'd expect him to have a little bit of time to kick and do his thing. Yeah, no, for sure. He uh, he did have three, uh, I think it was two or three missed goals, like in that game. And he, yeah, he was just down sort of all across the park. So, yeah, we, we should definitely see more from him. Uh, looking at the rest as well, uh, obviously, we was just saying, look, Haas is great, which is great. Uh, Carrigan is also great. So just hold on to them. There's no one else really. We, oh, we've got to talk about Reese Walsh, fellas. Uh, simply due to the fact that so many people have jumped on. I know you gave him a bit of serve before, Mitch. What what were you, what was your precise phase phrasing there? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to play it back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll put that live on the on our front page about what you said about Reese. But basically, oh, God. look, forty points. Uh, it is mostly attacking stats for Reese. You will have to wear weeks like this if if, if the team doesn't absolutely blow teams off the park. He just will regress a little bit as far as the scoring goes. So yep, that's why he's a fantasy bitch. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. <laughs> so with that in mind, he should eat well this week against a pretty poor Tigers. So yeah, just you know, ride the waves because you know that you brought on to do that. Guys, that is pretty much the end of the fantasy relevant guys. Guys who are absolute monsters like Joff and Gary can't even get into this Tigers team. So I don't know what the hell is happening. Over there. I don't know what's happening either. That, that's what I saw uh, before we jumped on the pod. The, no Joe O. I just like, okay, I've, I've, you pretty much can't pick any Tigers outside of Bateman and Papali'i because no one's job safe. Like, that's just ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah, Dane Laurie dropped. Dropped. Shadow Realms, yeah. Like... You know, Dane Laurie, these two, Dane Laurie and Joe Alfred Gary, the best players last year, right? David Nofaluma's probably been the best player, f- you know, for at least six of the last 10 years. Dropped, gone, probably going to go to another club. I, I don't know what to say. Sean Bloor played very well last week, 18th man. Anyhow, and this bench, like you've got a spare hooker, you've got Alex Twal, who's it's just, just trash. Matamua, who's a young fella. He's good, but it's struggling here. And Stafford Toa as a reserve fullback or something, which may mean that you're seeing come on and why he shuffle into the halves, Brennan Wake and go to look, I don't know what's happening here. Avoid all tigers. I think it's just gonna take a couple of years for Tim Shanes to get this team under control. I mean I really do feel like they're in disarray and it's not all that different a situation to where the Bulldogs were a couple of years ago. I think Shane's will figure it out. He's a pretty good coach. Yeah, You're talking about they've got all the players there. They've got to play in the right freaking positions and give them the right yeah, freaking minutes. Take time to uh, work together. You, you've played in a lot of team sport, though, like I have, mate. Sometimes the team juju just is not right, and I think they're just trying to figure out how to get that juju spot on so they can win games. Like I look at this team. I think the biggest thing for them as a coaching staff is don't freaking panic. Figure out where the cancers are, cut them out, and don't panic and just try and keep the confidence um, intact. I know I, I saw this thing and I don't know and Stu, I feel like you'd be the sort of person to know but I saw this clip on um, Fox where poor uh, friggin' 
Luke Brooks was having to call up fans and apologize for how bad the Tigers have been. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but it's like. He was getting abs- I knew you would. He was getting absolutely chewed out. It's like, what a fantastic way to shatter a confidence player's confidence. It's just... Is that a G up, though? Is that real, do you think? No, he got slapped, bro. Yeah, that was freaking real, man. It's like, yeah, why would you do that? Way. It's like, it's such an average thing to do. It'd be like me calling up, getting my staff to call up patients and be like, oh, yeah, can you call up this person? I know that you made their pain worse, worse but, you know, just give them a call. It's like putting him in front of the freaking firing squad. So... They have to figure stupid stuff like that, but the, the guts of this team is on the right direction. I think everyone just needs to calm down. That's it. I could be I could be wrong. I was wrong about Manly, but I do think they're not far away. Look, I reckon the second half of the season they'll need a bit more time together. Once they stop, they'll slap buttons every week until they come up with an answer. And once we got that, we can start talking about Tigers. Now, look, I got the Broncos by thirty in this one. I reckon they have an absolute field day at home at SunCorp on their favourite Friday night. I don't. Oh, sorry, Saturday night, which means fans might actually be able to get there through Brisbane, Brisbane traffic because it won't be peak hour. So, it, full stadium too, unless they don't want to come see the Tigers. How about you, Mitch? Look, I picked Tigers last week. I can't do it again, so I got Broncos by 18. Excellent. And Nick? Broncos by 24, mate. Awesome. Now, guys, we're going to run quickly the last two games. Uh, so, we have the Warriors versus the Sharkies. Sharkies at home. Uh, guys... Big news, Braden Trindle is back if you held on to him. Oregon Confuci is eleven they stand down for his concussion. That's it. Uh, only other change on the other side is due to concussion too. Ronald Volkman, last year's kind of almost worth buying guy, replaces Timari Martin uh, and hooker Wade Egan returns from concussion. So it's pretty much just all a bit of shuffle. Freddie Lussett goes back to reserves. Uh, guys, let's. I'm going to dispatch a couple of guys real quick. So Viliami Vailia. He looked dangerous, but it was against a weak doggy's edge over there. Don't buy last week's hero. Uh, with that in mind, the other guys that we need to talk about is uh, Jackson Ford, guys. I know some people sold him. If you did, that was probably a mistake because he racked out a 61. He looks really good. All right, guys. He I... has the trifecta, stew, passes the eye test, has the stats, and is an injury prone. That's a buy rating. He's very big buy, and he's got the fourth thing, DPP. Fifth thing oh. plays round thirteen and fourteen, right? Oh God! Exactly. You saw me poking my mouse mat just then. If you know, I had a camera on. So like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm all things. I've got five points in favor of Jackson Hastings. Wow. So Jackson Hastings, uh, Jackson Ford. So if you go, if you're working out something to do this week, and you're like, oh look, I've got Lemuelu, whatever, go get Jackson Ford. Stick him on your bench, right? Let him sit there. He'll score for you round 13, round 14. It'll make you plenty of cash. Leave him alone. Uh, with that in mind, do you already have him, Nick Mitch? Yeah, man. Since round one. He's the Ducks nuts. Ex-Dragons player who's succeeding in another club. Love to see it. Excellent. Mitch, uh, Nick? Sorry? Have, yeah, have, Jackson you, got, have you got Jackson Ford? Yeah, mate. Excellent. Well, look, all three of us are on. All three of us seem to be very happy. So let's talk about a guy that we might not be happy with, Mitch. Tohu Harris killed it for three weeks, got a knee injury. What happened? Look, well, what happened is he ruined my freaking fantasy score. That's what happened. <laughs> so Tohu Harris, 27 points. Look, we now, we're suspecting, and I suspected at the time, and I wrote it in here that um, I was concerned that it was either a meniscus or a higher-grade MCL just because he couldn't finish the game. But from the intel you had, Stu, that was actually because... Um, it was more to do with the fact he wasn't moving well as opposed to being in pain. Um, 
what I would say is, you know, he's too too good a player to not keep. Um, stay on him one more week. Let, let's have a bit of a look. My no injury policy is is sort of exempt for Harris, and the, the main reason for that is because his ACL uh, was done with contact, so he's not typically an injury prone guy. Mm-hmm. I think this is just one of those things. So, and Toru plays tough. I I don't think he's a sell. You can I think you have the luxury with the break even to wait just one more week, and you know a low grade MCL in his position isn't going to be a big issue. That's it. Now, Andrew, as the coach said afterwards, that they he just wasn't moving as smoothly as they would like, so they just took him off to protect him. So yeah, and I, I think from player management, that's a good decision, and I think he'll be pretty much normal Torhu this week. Maybe a little bit down, but we picked up Torhu for a reason. He plays around thirteen and fourteen. He's one of the best mids in the game, and he plays freaking tough. And he's over a year post post ACL. Let's let's not panic on this one just yet. Oh yep, and he's playing big minutes too. So yep, let's leave him alone. alone. Uh, guys, we also got to talk about uh, Nico Hines on the other side here because we, we can't leave him. And No, definitely can't. So, guys, 98 last week, almost the first century of the season, 63 break-even. So I know that Nick sort of put in some notes saying that he doesn't hate him if buying him if you either don't have Cleary and you have a solid captaincy option for the round six Sharks buy. Because remember, if you're buying him this week, you got him for a round, then you lose him for a round. So that's, that's a lot of cash to park there, isn't it? Really, a million bucks. That's it. Ten percent of your team out for a round. But if you did it with Cleary, but you just don't want to jump from Cleary to Hines, so you have two rounds where you're parking a million bucks, right? Yep. And so the other option is you're either sitting on heaps of cash. Like I've seen some guys this week going, "Oh, I've got six hundred thousand in the bank." I'm like, "What the heck?" Okay, go spend it. Or you need to trade out like a keeper that has just died on us. So we were thinking that if Torhu went down, you know, you could trade out. But look, Tohu's back. He should be fine. So with that in mind, guys, look, there are a couple of circumstances why you should get Hines, but probably a few that you should either wait till either round seven or round 14 because he's got the buy round 13. You pick him up round 14. He's only got one buy for the rest of the year. Park him as a captain. Uh, I'm personally going to wait till at least round seven for him at the moment. Uh, yeah, anyway. With that in mind, uh, Mitch, would you pick him up uh, round seven or would you rate till round 14? Uh, look, I think at a million bucks, I just can't get him any sooner. But I will say one thing. He looked really, really good against St. George. Now, I know that they were the perfect team for him to be able to attack down that short side, but he looked completely uninhibited by that calf injury. And I think I said to you last week, he was unlikely to come out firing, but he could do a Cam Murray and... And do just that. And I think effectively what the Sharks did is they let him get to 100% fit, which is why we got that run at Trindle. And uh, it paid huge dividends for the Sharks. So from an injury standpoint, I'm certainly not worried. I just don't have the cash to get him now. But if you can, he he, he might be threatening Cleary uh, for the role of king of fantasy. I mean, I was St. George, but 98 points. And he did it easy, man. He did it really easy. I think he was 40 points in 20 minutes. It was it was pretty ludicrous. It, it was pretty brutal for sure. And the other thing that I really liked about it is that, uh, like, yeah, how well he didn't need the try to get there. Uh, he, yeah, did, he almost exactly cracked right. century without a try, which is pretty rare. The other interesting thing that I've got there is he almost played too well in the fact that he might play six at origin. That's the only thing that I'd be worried well, about there. 
I think he should play six at Origin. Jerome Luai has proved, which I've been saying for two friggin' years, the only reason he looks good at club level is because he's got Viliami Kikau outside of him. Uh, and that's why he struggled at Origin. And, of course, the year he had Turbo and Latrell, well, I would look good at 5'8 there. And Nico Hines, you know, he has a good team around him, but he doesn't have Viliami Kikau. He, he should be the Origin 5'8. That goes without saying. Yes, yeah, so, so that's the only danger there. So, look, I'll probably went into round 14. Other guy we've got to talk about, guys, SJ, we poo-pooed him. We were wrong. He scored. He actually looked good in that try where he finally stepped off. To be fair, we poo-pooed him because he's got a major injury history. We know he can still play, but he's got a huge injury history. That's true. And so, look, that still exists, but it was good to see him step off the foot. And the fact that he waited so long to do it, which means that teams just weren't prepared, right? They had already bypassed him uh, trying to catch the pass, and so that's why he ran, which is good to see that he still had a little bit of pace. Uh, I get nervous saying that, though. That's the exact thing that's produced injuries on him in the past. Like, I was watching this game as well, Stu. I caught a lot of the games this week, and they were making big comments. Oh, isn't it great to see Sean Johnson play? And oh, my, my radar was going up big time for a potential injury, uh, whether it be his ankle or his groin, which he's had problems with in the past. Um, you know, he, 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 you're just riding the lightning right now, and, and I, I don't think he's a buy anymore. No, look, at 700k, I'd be really struggling. Like, 50k less, you'd sort of go, look, I can, it'll make 750 at this case without injury. But, yeah, I'd certainly be getting concerns. So, that's where I am with SJs. I'm, yeah. You'd, you'd probably go Walker first, wouldn't you, really? Like, at uh, for a 20k discount, you can get Sam Walker. Uh, and I think... He's a safer he- play. Though, and though the, the only good thing about SJ is that he's drinking all the milkshake because tomorrow mutton doesn't care. so he's very much he's very much Matty Moylan Mark II right yeah maybe maybe even more to the point right although although Tamari Martin finally has cracked out a couple of weeks of decent scores although you know yeah, he copped a head injury so he copped a head knock so let's for those who, who were able to stay on him well, yeah for those who stayed on him for rounds four and five he probably ended up getting cash out of him you certainly did unlike me uh, guys, we also got to talk about Wade Egan. Nick talked about him previously. Uh, he's just had this. He's coming back from the HIA. He loves a try, but he also loves an HIA. So he's just a risk for me. I would avoid. So with that in mind, Nick, who's uh, had to step away for a second, has got the Sharks by 20. Mitch, what have you got? Yeah, I've got Sharks by 12. They looked a lot better with Nico running the running the team. And Dragons are just lucky that the Sharks didn't have it together in the first half because that could have gotten ugly. Yep. Look, I think I think that Ronald Volkman will be targeted in this game, uh, very much like uh, the Sharks did target Ben Murk, Masilla, and Ben Hunt during this game. With that in mind, I do have them by at least twelve. Uh, worth getting to down at Shark Park, though, if you can. And the last game this weekend, uh, Mitch, is the Bulldogs versus the Cowboys. Uh, what are we thinking there, Mitch? What's happening? Yeah, so Colt hero Josh Reynolds, mate, is going to play his first game for the Doggies since 2017, so I'll definitely be looking to catch that one with New Brown out with that dislocated elbow. We've got Helen Lukey starting uh, with Jeremiah Nana, who is suspended, and Mitch Dunn is going to play his first game of the season. Peter Hicker returns from suspension and replaces Shabaski with that hamstring injury, while Brendan Elliott comes onto the win for Murray Tuolagi. Uh, Riley Price will debut off the bench with James Talmo sidelined with what Stu might think or what Stu thought was a list. Frank and I tend to agree that that's a good chance of being the case. So I might kick us off Hayes Perham. So I actually convinced Emma that he might be a uh, good addition to her fantasy side. And mm. I fortunately wasn't thrown in the doghouse because he had 43. 
he continues to pass the eye test, guys. I really wish I had got him got on him at the start of the season. And I did make comments that the preseason isn't everything, and I feel like I'm vindicated with that one. Um, he might even still have 100K of value in him. So I don't have a big buy rating on him, but his base stats are pretty good. He had three kick diffusers, 181 meters. The way he runs a move and the space this Bulldogs forward pack is giving him, he's going to have plenty of tackle breaks. Uh, I reckon he's got probably half a try in him every game. Uh, yeah, I, I like Hayes Perham. He's a good player. If, you, if you're looking to get him, though, this is the absolute last week to do so, though, right, Stu? Yeah, that's it. 400K. Uh, it's it's time to pull the trigger on him or don't with that break even a seven because I'm not sure he's a 600K player. So, and one one bad game from him and the party stops. So, get in now. Definitely, mate. Uh, the other guy we've got to talk about, Ray Marnie. So, guys, he's got a 39 this man, after the first game, where obviously he tried to carry the team on his back, has just been missed and missed tackle since. I know that I have him. I'm not loving where I'm at. Uh, do you guys have Reed Marnie as a buy or a sell? So, so I guess a hold or a sell. Mitch? Um, look, if you got him, you got him for a reason. At this point, I think you got to hold at least one more week, right? Because it could just be a little down period. He did look really good those first two games. He did. How about you, Nick? What are you thinking about Remani? Yeah, I'd hold. Excellent. Uh, I'll, I'll sell, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the person who has to live with it, but I, I do get the point they're saying, look, I if you don't have hooker cover, obviously do not sell him at all. He Hold him for now because there is some money in him. I For me, it's one of those ones where it's like, hey there, I've got too much cash wrapped up for him to sit on my bench week for week. Especially because that's he's not that's enough. that's burning trades though, man. Because you brought him in, you're just you're just churning trades for no reason. Oh, uh, it's to get Lemuel in though, who fixes my center problem for the rest of the season. Okay. Yep, and might get me some Hines money. Anyway, maybe. Uh, the but you're right. You gotta you gotta accept the sunk cost with each one of those. The other guy that we gotta look at, guys. Uh, I know that uh, we're talking about Riley Price. A few people are looking at him as a cut race rate benchy. The answer is, guys, is that uh, with Mitch Dunn, Lukey, and everyone else due back for the Cowboys soon, I would avoid him. Uh, Tom Chester as well. I know a few people are saying, should I get on Tom Chester? Because he did well last week. He got the world's jammiest try. Like it pinballed all around the place before he eventually landed on it. So Tom Chester, again, for me, is a he's not a buy because... Uh, Scotty Drinkwater is back after this week. So, Nick, let's talk about some players that we do want to look at, though. Uh, Matty Burton. Uh, 599k with the 44 last week. So, his missed tackles were back up with up to six after missing zero for these 59 in round three versus the Tigers. Kick meters were back up, which is good to 447, which is a good sign. And importantly, guys, he took the goal kicking back, which was a bit of a worry from round three when uh, Kyle Flanagan took the kicking duties. Uh, starting to represent a really, really nice value in the next week or so after the Dogs get through uh, a pretty rough run coming up. They've got the Cowboys, Rabbits, Eels, Sharks, um, but that's then followed by the Dragons, Raiders, Warriors, and then the Titans heading into their round 13 bye. So, you know, I, I mentioned preseason. I sort of think Burton can sort of hit high 50s, 60 average, and um, I still think he can. It's just... Um, he, he, he'll turn the corner pretty soon, I think. And um, I think next week or so, he's going to be awesome. But he's got a 51 break even this week. So definitely one to 
look at bringing in despite um, he's out a bit out of favour, I think, with people's minds. Um, the next one, guys, uh, Reese Robson, nearly 800k. Bit disappointed with the 46 this week. So he's got a high break even at 72. If you're like me, you only have Tanner Boyd as a hooker. Oh, you need to um, really consider Robson. He's averaging 59. He plays around 13 and he gets a full 80 minutes. There's not many guys who actually fit that bill and the Cowboys have a soft run coming up the Dogs, Dolphins, Warriors and Newcastle. It could really go on a 60-plus average run the next four weeks or so. So mm. he's definitely one to consider bringing in as far as the um, best of that litter if you've got the money to make it work. As I said, I'm having to sell Murray to do it, which I'm not stoked about, but it's just one of the costs of doing business at the moment. Um, and the last one, guys, Valentine Holmes, 602K. He's ultra consistent with the 43, 42, 47, 44. Had that 90-meter intercept try, which padded the stats significantly last week. Only two tackle bastards mentioned with Robson. Has a really soft run coming up. So if you're looking at a center keeper, potentially one to bring in, um, I'd still go Lemuelu, that said. And um, with that, I've got the Cowboys by 12. Uh, Stu, what have you got, mate? I reckon the Bulldogs by 6. I think the Cowboys are still trying to work themselves out. I think they overperformed last year, and I think they're still... They're still trying to get fit players on the field. They're kind of not used to that this year. So I think they're struggling a little bit. And, you know, some of the guys aren't quite at their best. How about you, Mitch? Is this up in North Queensland? No, this is at a core, the worst stadium in Australia. Dogs by 12. Excellent. Okay. Big call there. Yeah, look, and I reckon once the dogs get that match fitness in them, when they stop petering out They're they're going to start rolling, mate. I'm telling you. They look really good for 60 minutes. They look very, very good. (laughs) Panthers 2020. It's that. They just don't have quite had the legs yet because they don't have the kicking game. Like, yes, to back it up. You know, we just park in the corners, get repeat sets. I know I keep bringing it up and we've got to crack on, but man, oh man, is Jacob Carraz a serious player? Like, wow. He's got to be moving into origin contention if he hadn't played for Lebanon. Like, that's how good I think he's playing. Like he can still play for them because uh, they're a oh, can he? side. Well, there you go. Because his ability to run the ball back is one of the best in the NRL at the moment. It is. He's playing with absolute speed. In fact, I know that a couple of people were talking about getting on, on him a little while back uh, after the 90, and I was like, oh, a bit hard. He's then pulled out another 57, right? He's he's now untouchable at nearly 700k, unfortunately. Oh, he is. He's in Brian Toro territory there. But it's one of those ones where, you know, if you did it, you're actually doing pretty well. So, yeah, enjoy the run while it lasts. Yep, that's right. Okay, guys, the uh, Titans have the buy this week. The big news, obviously, is, you know, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll not really much to talk about here apart from those injuries. I would say, guys, hold Boyd, Tanner Boyd. He looks like he's come good. Yep. Uh Jaden Campbell, he's, you know, well, let's wait to see whether he plays. Don't worry about him yet. And David Fafida, guys, would you hold or sell Nick? Look, no Fozzer worries me. He was one of the reasons why I thought he would get him. And, um, yeah, oh, I, I suppose you hold, right? Yeah, he got a 63 last week with no flipping, like Fozzer was off after 30 minutes and no AJ, which meant more David Fafida ball. Yeah, I, I'd hold him. Yep. Mitch, you agree? Yep. Excellent. So hold your Titans for now. Don't go buy anyone. Uh, guys, for the boom this week, I have our good old mate, Brendan Hands. I have him. And look, I think Hodgson will be a bust because he's just lost any fantasy relevance at all. So he's just done. I won't mention him again. Mitch? 
Uh, I've got uh, Katoa as a boom, bit of an obvious one. I think he's the only must-have of the week. And Zach Lomax is a bust. He's untouchable till Anthony Griffin gets run out of town. Cool. And that's Isaiah Katoa at the Dolphins, right? That's right. Excellent. Nikki. you've got a, a bit of a spicy one for us. Who are you thinking is boom of the week? Um, uh, just I you doing that inside rage. <laughs> I haven't prepared this at all, so I've gone with Reese Walsh as oh my boot God. this week. No, Get no, the no, Tigers exactly at home. I just think he could hit. He could crack like eighty or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I think it's a really good pickup. As far as a bust, oh, I've no idea. I guess Ben Murdoch Masila, despite being two fifty two k, I think he'll continue to disappoint people. So I'll bust him. Fair enough. I, I think, uh, Nick, if, if he does crack out like a 70-plus, we'll have to get uh, Mitch's shirt So <laughs> with Reese Walsh on the front. What do you reckon? We have to buy him some eyeliner. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, for captaincy this week, I have uh, Nathan Cleary returned to form this week. I've got him as my captain. Uh, Vice-captain, I'm going with our good old friend Payne Haas against the West Tigers. And spicy captain this week, it's a really tough choice because I know that a few of the guys like Harry Grant, who we didn't really mention, but, you know, played all right last this week for his 51. Uh, you know, he, he, again, is a decent choice, but I'm, I'm really struggling for a spicy captain this week. Ugh. Anyway, so, like, you could pick a guy like Mitch Moses, but I'm just really shooting ducks here. Mitch, who have you got? Um, I've got Payne Haas, but I'm a little bit nervous that the Broncos could absolutely explode all over the Tigers and they'll bench Haas early. But for now, I've got Haas, but that could change to Cleary. Cleary is currently my vice. And something a little spicy, which flows off what I think could happen with Haas, is Adam Reynolds as my spicy pick. Wow. Okay. And Nick, you've gone for for the good one here. Who have you got for your captain this week? Um, he's not my captain, but I think he should be a captain if you got him. He's Nico Hines. If oh, you got Nico Hines, he he must be a captain. I think he's yeah. is he is he our consensus consensus number one captaincy choice? If you have him, who are the Canberra against? Yeah, against the Warriors. Yep, he is this week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you, so... you, you match up between him and Cleary week to week, but if everything being equal, I'd have Nico Hines ahead. And then I've got, um, I think Cleary should be a vice. And then uh, I, I agree, Stu. I think Mitch Moses uh, could be quite spicy against, uh, who have they got, the Roosters? I think they'll roll the, did I, did I predict them to roll the Roosters? Oh, no. <laughs> well, one, 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 thing I did, one thing I forgot to mention uh, earlier is the Eels. I've just noticed they've got very, very, very high scoring games for both teams. Every single, like the first four rounds, they're just playing at a high pace. I think they're playing the Thursday and Friday nights. They've all been in good weather. It's just been against good teams. It's been really high quality and high fantasy output. So I'm tipping Moses to go big again. Yeah. They're playing a lot of like in the ball footy. Like Moses doesn't kick it out. He kicks it in and keeps it in play. Yes. So Absolutely. And, and other sides have been doing conducive. that to them. So I think I think that against yep. the Panthers, they had something like 14 minutes uninterrupted play. It's, yes. It's spot on. Really nice to watch, actually. Uh Awesome. So, guys, uh, let's quickly go. I've trades. I have got, look, Harley Smith-Shields leaves my squad, goes to Isaiah Katoa. Marnie goes to Lema Elu and just frees up some cash for next week. So, I know that people are going to yell at me for getting rid of Marnie, but uh, he does allow some moves because I've got a stack. I've got so many edges. I've got Liero, Cartwright, Katoa. Like, I've got all these guys. Some of them have to go at some point and need some money to do it. Uh, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, I'm looking to trade out um, Dury to get hands. 
and uh, that'll put some cash in the bank. So I should get to about 300K in the bank ready to trade out Trindle. I want to hang on to him with that low break even and just squeeze every dollar I can out of him. That'll be a good move this week. Uh, and then, Nick, what have you got? Yeah, I mentioned it, Murray to Robson. I, I don't want to sell Murray, but it's just sometimes you've got to do things you don't want to do in life, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, guys, question for fantasy. So let, let's get to the questions. Uh, this one's for you, Nick. Did we just see Nick a ceiling game of 96 against the Dragons, or is this something we should expect waste week to week and worth his price tag? Thoughts, Nick? Um, good question. I would say 70s would be a lock. So in that case, uh, 96 obviously is an aberration, but I, I'd lock him in for a 70s. He, he just looks so supreme um, in every facet of the game. Yep. But I, I would say a bit like Jerry Manu's score last year, you will look better against the Dragons if you're playing down the middle. Right, Mitch? Everyone looks better playing the Dragons down the middle. Unfortunate at the moment until they until they switch it up. Nathan Affleck asks, Hey, lads, can you have thoughts on strategy? Aim for Nico after buy or get a few lower-placed players such as Braley, Hudson Young, and Frizzell, for example. Can you, curious on your thoughts. Uh, Nick, I'll lead off with you on for, for that one. Look, I reckon get Nico. When you have him as your captain, it's like having two Nikos, which is just like OP. So, um, yes, I'm drinking the Kool Aid from the first game, but he looks really he just, good, Nick. He, looks he just really looks good. so good. Exactly, yeah. he he just looks so amazing. So I know um, that the Dragons are a week up the middle, but Nico looked really good. He looked like he's taking his game another level from last year. There you go. Yeah, which is insane, right? Mm. I I go the other way because I love value. That's why my team value is so good at the moment. Not to brag, but I love it. Uh, I love value every week, so I would go Braley, Hudson, Young, and Frizzell. Just because... Two Knights players, wow. Well, okay, pick one of the two. Then Braley or Frizzell and pick and up... And Hudson, Hudson, Young, the suspension. Been yeah. I, I, I know. I'd do it because there's value in these guys. Pick a Dalian player or pick some value guys on poop teams. Yep, good one, man. No, I like it because... They're worth more money. They have to work hard. They're, they're <laughs> revlining it. Anyway. Look, Frizzell. I'll take two Nikos, thanks. <laughs> Excellent. Well, also, the other one is Nathan. If you've got Cleary, you can still captain him, right? And uh, you never know. King Cleary might get frustrated, start to claim back the title. Uh, All hell the king. Okay. Guy uh, McFetrich asked, trade Burton in for Johnson. Nick? Oh, Mitch, I, I can hear that one. <laughs> Wait, he's saying he's saying he's saying sell Burton by Johnson, right? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, I wouldn't do it. But if that's what you want to do, I've got no problem. I think Burton's a better player on a better team and doesn't have the injury risk. I can't see the upside other than you're possibly chasing the dragon who's well and truly flown away. Yeah, I, look, you'll be good for three weeks and then you'll be unhappy about it. The only thing I'd say is that if you're real. If you're thinking long-term value that Johnson won't get injured, we'll play round 13 and 14, you're doing great. If you're yep. just chasing a little bit of value, don't do it. I think I think you're going to the casino, though. Just you know, keep that in mind. If Johnson doesn't get injured, it's probably the right move. But just remember, you're going to the casino. Mm. Okay. Uh, James, Benny C, uh, Rikawa, this one's for you, Mitch. Are either Isaac Thompson or Harley Smith Shields keepers? Uh, well, definitely no to the second. I think I, I personally am holding Thompson for the next few weeks because I think sooner or later the Bunnies are going to come against weaker opposition and he'll cash in like uh, Warbick did for us last week. And then once I have those three or four good games, I'll get out of dodge. So whereas Smith Shields, I, I just haven't seen enough and he's on a poop team. 
Excellent. Now, look, Bruce Lawson piggybacks. He's just going, look, he also wants to know what's happening. Uh, he's a bit sick of playing wing fullback roulette, which is what we did last week. Does he wait on Thompson or does he turn into someone like Chance? He's just worried about replacing someone who's only a slight improvement. Nick, uh, sorry, Mitch, this one's for you. I don't know if Chance is a slight improvement. I think Chance has looked really good on a team that he seems to be happy with. Uh, and you haven't missed the boat on Chance because I know he's had those two good games, but he had that really low score with the HIA. So oh, I think Chance is a, is, a, is a totally fine sideways move. Uh, Stu, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about I that. I bought but... Chance last week, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, he looks good. I he should have. And, and so long as Johnson stays healthy, he will continue to look good. What's frustrating me is at the beginning of the year, Hamaso and Chance were both in my starting wing fullbacks. I pulled them both out, and now put them both back in through trades. It's frustrating me. I know, mistakes, yeah. but you know what? As part about making a mistake is quickly realizing that you've made it and rectifying it. So I've done it with these two. And burning all your trades. <laughs> oh, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would rather burn, and this is this is where my strategy is a little bit different, that at the end of this week, I should be just about done with trades and I can park my sides just to swap cycle through until round 13 at which point I'll have 30 trades and I'll, yeah, just enjoy where I'm at. But but you were notorious for not having trades at the back end of the season. Most notorious yeah. against finishing ahead of you. Anyway, move oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> just want to put that out there. It's because I've got so much value in my side. Oh, geez. Am I playing Madison or Murray off my bench this week? Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, guys, what's Hosking's job security like? I think we said it's non-existent, right, guys? We don't know. Yeah, it's not great. Look, Ghana has not looked amazing, but he's also, it could have been injury effective, right? If he picked up a knock, a rib injury, you know, a leg knock or something, that could be why they held him out of the game, right? And yep. Liam Martin, you can't stop him. He's a friggin' Australian edge and New South Wales back rower. So they're not going to muck with him. So Hosking has no job security. Uh, Luke, what asks, do you think Chester will keep the fullback spot once Drinkwater returns? Nick? Nope. Yeah, that's pretty simple. Uh, Tom Conway, what is Mitch's take on Frizzell when he talk? And where does he fall in this rule of no twenty twenty three rule of no injury prone blokes? <laughs> oh, I, I need to probably take what I say a bit more seriously because people clearly listen to what I'm what I'm what I'm spitting out. Um, the short answer is, and I kind of alluded to it before. I think the Frizz has been a little bit unlucky with some of the injuries he's picked up. Tom, just you know, anytime you get a busted nut, that's that's not your fault, but. But I would I would say I would say this. Um, he does play full tilt. So you know when you've got someone who's playing like that, and you know with basically no um, concern over their future health, a bit like Michaeli Ravalawa, there are going to be the odd contact injuries that come in with that. But with Frizz, he, you know he's going to play tough. Um, would he fit into my policy of no injury 2023? He doesn't, but he does fit into another policy, which is no players on super stinky teams. So, like, if you're sticking to both of my rules, you probably can't pick him up. But I'm not ridiculously concerned with his injuries. And the type of injuries he's had generally have pretty low recurrence rates. So, I know he's had those meniscal issues, and I think he's had a, a groin issue in the past. But the other ones have sort of been rib injuries, and, and obviously, they keep coming back to that busted nut. And as I said, when you run hard, those things happen. So, there definitely is a risk of it, but it's not like Sean Johnson, whose body could just explode at any moment. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Tom Conway asked, uh, Lukey versus Frizzell versus uh, Hosking. 
so okay hoskin is longevity so hos so i think tom we've already said hoskin we have no idea he should he's better for fantasy than ghana whether he's what ivan wants we do not know right there is no certainty because we haven't seen the full team lineup yet so if you get on just know that you need to keep a trade in reserve to get off if it goes badly that's it uh heel and lukey is worth a look guys because he is starting this week and he should be back to the starting side he's a cowboys edge forward he played pretty well off the bench last week for 38 points got a break even the 36 now for me again i've got way too many edges so i'm not fast but with that in mind guys he's like a 550k player 600k player there's probably some money in heel and lukey right nick yeah, but there's just no minutes, really, is there? Oh, he, he's starting on the edge this week. so uh, Yeah, but he's, the, only, he's only got two weeks, though. Oh, no, because uh, they'll, they'll move Hess back into the middle rotation. They'll give Lukey an edge, for sure. You reckon? I reckon the only danger for Heel and Lukey is where he fits uh, once... What's his name? is back from his no-fault stand-down. Uh, Lay Lua. So, yeah, right. So, he's only got till round 10. So, look, we got no... Lukey's probably does have a limit to his time, right? Because they're not going to yeah, mech with Nanai or with uh, Leilua. Yeah, well, give me a sec. Um, I, I'd still lean um, my boy Hudson, but um, I understand the Alua. I'd go um, with, out of the three there, I'd go with Frizzell. Uh, if for the low risk, lower risk, Hodgson for the middle risk, Lukey high risk. What sort of minutes are you thinking for um, Lukey? Uh, like Lukey, 60? 65 here back this week. He played 57 last week and he did well. So he should be the third game back post ACL, Mitch, right? Yep, I would think so. So close to 80. Okay, well, it's a point, pretty much a point seven ppm. So that's, uh, what are we saying, 65 minutes? Yeah, okay. Let's Yeah, 65, 70. So 45 points? That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah okay. So there's some, there's so some that's money a 760k player. Jeez, it's 200k. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And that's a um, fairly conservative sort of estimate, On really, if he can get PPM. that. He looks yeah, good. Pretty. Oh, the, he's definitely a start. It's just um, better to get some minutes because it's quite uh, log jam there. Hmm. I hadn't thought about this one. It's an interesting one for sure. I'd sort of written it off in my head, but yeah, I, I quite like it. If uh, you. Willing to um, trade him out as well, you know, because he's sort of he's not he's not a keeper, so you sort of no. bring him in and then make two hundred k and then flip him. That's it. So it's basically Luki is like a longer term gamble. You've got a few weeks to make money out of him. Hodge, uh, so Hosking is a very very quick. You know that you're probably going to need two trades if it goes badly, but he could also just be the keeper absolute number one, like Hopgood version two point of the year. Frizzell, you know, is one trade in and you just leave him inside for the rest oh, of the Oh, you dick. Oh, now I've got to get freaking Hosking in now. He's he's that he's that type of guy. I'm seriously, I want Lemuel this week, but I might get Hosking. Uh, and that's the other thing is, should we jump on this week or do a one-week one, one week date? Mm. The answer is, mate, is that if you wait one week, that's fine, but it'll be sp- sp- the other side of 600K. And I think it'd be a bit hard to get on at that point. Right, Nick? Who? Hosking. So if Hosking, oh, yeah. if Hosking yeah, yeah, no, gets a 55... This, this week or nothing. Yep, this week or nothing. He yep. makes 70 grand. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So... It's... Uh, um, yeah. Awesome. 
Okay, guys, I think that is the uh, sorry last one, which is a big no. Is Toho trade with this injury now from Kajuan Crawford? The answer is no, because he's not injured. Move on. So, uh, guys, with that in mind, Nick, uh, any final thoughts? No, just uh, save your trades and do some buy planning. Yeah, definitely do some buy planning, guys. And Mitch, anything from you? Have you left it all out in the field? Always, mate. Always. Excellent. Well, thank you, ball boys. Thank you, linesmen. This is the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Teamless Tuesday Round just, 5. Just quickly, we know uh, Tyson Frizzell isn't a ball boy. <laughs> He'll just get busted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. And on that note, this is the Boom or Bust Podcast signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.